Hey guys, before we get started on today's episode, I do want to give a shout out to Connellberg. We had mentioned last week he was having some health issues. Um, one of the great ship posters of our time, Connellberg. Um, there is a GoFundMe that has been set up for Connellberg. Um, so there will be a link to that in the episode notes. Um, I'll put it in like the episode uh, post or whatever that we do as well. Um, but yeah, uh, it was set up by Darth May. So shout out to her for helping out Connellberg. It's a really good thing. Yeah, I think thanks, Darth May. If you got any kind of, uh, I don't know, expendable income or you got any junk that you've sold, maybe a, yeah. throw some cash Connellberg's way. He's going through it. So. Go to your garage. Just take out something that's shitty and see how much you can get yeah, for it. Yeah, throw it on Connellberg's Marketplace. Uh, and maybe Adam will uh, you know, sell it for you and then take in. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll get to that later in the episode. But anyways, he's doing better, though. So that's good. Good. Yeah. On so, the mend. On the mend. Uh, you will see the link to that in the episode description. So uh, glad you're doing better, Connellberg. On with the show. Okay. And I'm not asking about the lumpy pillow calls. Uh, no, they're not lumpy pillows. That's not what they call on. Okay. That when you say lumpy pillows, now you're an asshole. You got that? <laughs> you're an asshole like is what you are. Like no, he's an asshole. No, he's an ambulance chasing asshole. That's what you are. Lumpy pillows, kiss my ass. Put that in your book. No, they, they answer anything, any problem customer that wants to reach Mike Lindell. Those are the ones. I want to talk to Mike Lindell. I want to talk to Mike Lindell. They send them to here and they go, or they call about, um, maybe they didn't get their pillow on time because of uh, um, the FedEx or whatever. Well, we'll cover them even though it could be somebody else's fault. Nobody called because of a lumpy pillow. But good, good one though. You done? Yeah, I'm done. What I'm saying. Obviously, is, you don't have a my pillow too. You don't, do you? What I'm saying is, Mr. Lindell. Asshole. I, oh, go ahead. No, I'm pissed. I understand. Yeah, go. When you're saying what? Let the great experiment begin. <laughs> do it. Those greedy Weasley bastards. Some of guy feed them hogs. Hello, General Kenobi. Hello, Charles. You know this song? Oh, of course. Do you know what is it? It's Monday Night Football, right? No. What is it? This is NFL on Fox. Oh, that's right. You're getting your... Uh... I'm confused because there's the Fox theme, there's CBS, and yeah. then there's uh, ABC Sports. Is that another well, one? Monday Night Football, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ABC, yeah. Each, um, each one of them, just they're fucking amazing. But there's amazing. also now Thursday Night Amazon Prime. Do you got that theme queued? Um, no, I don't have that one Do right. they also have an intense oh, yes. iron yes. anthem? Must have fanfare. <laughs> Fanfare is a must in the National Football League. We'll talk about pillow guys. <laughs> yeah. Local man. Minnesota's own Mike Minnesota's Lindell. Own. This poor guy, I mean, <laughs> I honestly think he earnestly believes the election was stolen. That he's guy's, just a dumbass. That guy's arc is next level. I just know this is going to end up with him in a hotel room off Hennepin <laughs> at four in the morning doing crack. Like he's the downfall of Mike Lindell. He is going to be back on the crack. Full circle. Yeah, we got to get uh, McGruff the crime dog over to his place <laughs> and talk to him about that crack and cocaine. 
Welcome to the Clone Cast. Welcome to the Clone Cast. And I'm Tom. I'm Adam. And what we do here is uh, we are watching in uh, chronological order, and then we review the episode that got that that goddamn Star Wars Rebels show. Uh, so we're watching and reviewing it in chronological order, and we have reached Doom, which is season four, episode eleven. Uh, but first, we bullshit uh, for twenty to forty minutes, and then we get into that right episode. on into that episode. We get right on in there. <sighs> it's back. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that. I missed it. Uh, all right, so um, I had a working theory last year that the Minnesota Vikings were being cursed. We were by being the mere, We were being held back. We were being held back by the mortal presence of Queen Elizabeth II of England. So when she kicked the bucket, the Vikings went on and had this serendipitous season where they just kept getting all these wins that were just. You know, like from the from the grips of defeat, they would for pull a while. It out. For a while, theory. it was so. My theory was that the queen was the curse that has held us from the Super Bowl uh, for I don't know my entire life. We haven't been to a Super yeah. Bowl. Uh, we've never won a Super Bowl. We're own four in the Super Bowl. But anyways, my working theory was okay. All time the Vikings. I looked this up. They had a uh, a win percentage of five forty eight. They were five hundred sixteen and four hundred twenty five. Um, which is seventh best in NFL history, but no Super Bowl championships to our name. Um, so that was the Queen era. Post Queen, <laughs> the Vikings uh, are currently now little rough start to the season. Let's just put it that way. I don't even want to fucking talk about it, but eh, we got to touch on it a but little bit. Post Queen, I want to update this. Now we did. It was we took the L. We have to go to Philadelphia tomorrow. We're gonna fucking get our ass kick there we're just gonna get <laughs> rolled but uh, we are 13 and 6 which is good for a 684 win percentage post queen so my theory they still have a higher win percentage post queen than they do pre-queen so still i'm arguing alive. that she was the curse uh-huh super bowl baby here we come um but yeah that game sucked I could I didn't watch it. I was like working all weekend. Oh, so yeah. how did what was the verdict? I mean, I know we lost, yeah, but like we just what? turned it over a lot. Very inopportune. Especially like tw- two of the turnovers were like we were guaranteed to get points. I mean, just a field goal <sighs> at least. So we would have won. But just terrible. Just garbage ass shit. Who's to blame in your analysis? Just sloppy play, man. Yeah, but who? Is it the the offensive line? Is it uh is it Kirk Cousins, who is it? I don't know. It's a plethora of things. I mean, the the turnovers is kind of like I get why Cousins threw it to Osborne kind of behind him because he didn't want to lead him directly into safety because he's going to get decapitated. But like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't. I, I just. I. But I kind of afterwards when we lost, I was like, thank you, thank you for losing. So the sooner the apathy sets in for me. The better. It was a close game too, though, wasn't it? Yeah, but it's the fucking Bucks. Yeah. It's Baker Mayfield. <laughs> he looks like a fucking cabbage patch doll out there. 
Um, there was a there was a consolation the next day though. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Rogers. Oh, I don't care about that. You watch his Achilles tendon snap. I actually like felt a dry spaghetti yeah. noodle. <laughs> <laughs> I actually felt really bad for Jets fans. That sucks. Wasn't it? Wasn't it like the fourth play? I didn't watch that one either. Yes, but... it was his fourth play. Yeah, as a yeah. Jet. They had this whole like nine eleven ceremony pregame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rogers ran out with the American flag and all this shit. And four plays later, his leg explodes. No, dude. Like, I hate Aaron Rodgers, but I don't want that to happen to him. Yeah, of course. Especially, I don't give a fuck. He's not in Green Bay anymore. Who looks fucking great, by the way. <laughs> this sucks. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't. I think Rodgers is a fucking tool in a douchebag, but I feel really bad for Jets fans. Yeah. Like, dude, I, dude, imagine that. They had so much hope, man. And now. The absolute turd. Why are we still talking about sports? We got to get away from because I have a thing to play. So Mike Kennedy, NFL, he's the official NFL analyst of the pod. He sent in a Vikings preview last year and he has provided yep. us with one again. So I haven't listened to this yet. And Mike wanted to clarify uh, when he sent this over yesterday. He did say, sorry for the delay, but I can assure you that this was written prior to week one's games. And I never try to hide or erase any bad takes I have as evidenced by my Josh Rosen and Josh Allen tweets from 2018 drafts still being public. So I'm assuming Josh Allen, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, he wasn't high on sure. Josh Rosen uh, has been on 15 teams in four years, I think. Um, anyways, so this is from Mike Kennedy NFL. This is his Viking season preview to uh, let's see what he thinks. What's up, Clone Casanovas? That's right, it's me, Mike Kennedy, the official NFL analyst of the pod, back for another preview of the Minnesota Vikings season. So go on and skip ahead three minutes if you don't like sports. I know I'll be late with this, but I'm writing this before the Lions-Chiefs opener to lock in my opinions before the first game. Now, where to start with this cursed team? As we know, the Vikings won 13 games last year, four games ahead of the second-place Lions, but because of how lucky Minnesota was, how the two teams' respective seasons ended, and how their off-seasons went, Detroit is favored to win the division title for the first time since 1993, back when Tom was the ripe young age of 27. Winning close games in the NFL the is a very difficult thing to do, and it is very random and unstable year-to-year. So considering the Vikes went 11-0 and in one-score games last year, that regression is guaranteed to hit. The question is by how much. Oh, hit, the offense will do what the <laughs> offense does. They will have a couple random stinkers, but when you've got Netflix Kirk throwing to the best receiver in football, a top-tier tight end in football, and the most complete and NFL-ready first-year wide receiver in Jordan Addison, who is my pick to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, your offense is going to be super solid, even if your O-line is shaky. Kirk should see a little bit of positive regression, too, since last year was actually his worst <laughs> statistically since his early Washington days. He's and a I don't bro, think man. that's a sign that he's about to fall off a cliff. The Vikings are one of the most pass-happy teams in football, so swapping Dalvin Cook, who, while still good, was on the decline, for Alexander Madison shouldn't matter too much. The defense is nothing to feel confident about, but honestly, it can't be much worse than it was last year's. They were bottom five in pretty much every metric. They oh, let yeah. a lot of their veteran players walk in favor of younger guys, so the they're counting on right. high upside <laughs> and health. <laughs> Marquis Davenport. There will be many growing pains, but the addition of Brian Flores as DC is a big one, as he has always been good at making no-name defenses at the very least competent, and the Vikings still at least have a couple veteran leaders like Daniel Hunter and Harrison Smith. The NFC North is secretly one of the most competitive divisions in football this year, and I could easily see three of the teams taking the crown. I believe the Vikings will be relatively the same caliber of team as last year, if not slightly better, though the record almost assuredly will not show it. 
Minnesota is stupid, and they could definitely go out and lose to the Tampa Baker Bucks at home in week one and then beat Holy the Chargers shit. two weeks later. That's just how they are. In the end, I have them finishing 10-7 and seven and actually winning the NFC North, one game ahead of the 9-8 wildcard Lions, followed by the 8-9 Packers and the 6-11 and 11 Bears. The top three teams in this division are totally interchangeable to me, and the Vikings could win anywhere from 7 to 10 games, in my opinion. But ultimately, their star power is what put them at the top for me. That said, they have a very low chance of making it out of the first round of the playoffs. I would say I'm sorry, but I'm sure you probably agree. <laughs> Hit the horn. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. No, man. That's pretty much, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. That's kind uh-huh. of how I felt. I was like, yeah, 10 wins maybe, but could go sure. 7 or 8. I, it's just not a Super Bowl team, man. Uh-huh. It's just not, but it's not a bad team. It's just there. Yep. And it's like, I'm sick of being just there. <laughs> I, know. I mean, all-time win percentage, 54%. We're there. All, you're never bad enough to fucking get a high draft pick and maybe get a guy that you can start at quarterback for 15 years. You're just good enough. <laughs> and every now and then, you get good, like really good, really good enough to fucking break your heart time and time again. N- I've never seen a Viking Super Bowl. I've never seen a Viking Super Bowl. Nope. What the fuck is this? Just tank. I'm serious. Just blow it up, man. Just tear the whole thing down and start over. I would be so happy if they went 0-17. I Just would be over streak. the fucking moon <laughs> if they went 0-17. But if they go fucking 10-7 and and I have to watch them lose in a wild card game again. If they want a wild losing streak, that would be more fun to go and watch. Dude, I just want a franchise quarterback that you can plug in for 15 years. I I love Kirk. He's a nice man. He's a good family guy. But I swear to God, if a defender is able to sniff him, he's like a deer in headlights. <laughs> he's great when you protect him all day, but as soon as there's any pressure, the dude just falls apart like a cheap suit. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, uh, Mike. Yeah, if you're a uh, sport fan, why don't you give old Mike Kennedy NFL a follow? He's got a podcast. He's got it all What's going on. What's his Twitter up. handle again? At Mike Kennedy NFL. There you go. Yeah. Um, very professional. One so, thing, before before we move on entirely, i got to say one more thing about Mike Lundell, <laughs> the founder and CEO of that my, man loves my his Pillow. Fuck, that man loves his company, man. Why is it? I am just so puzzled. Two of the most well-known and vocal Minnesotans, Mike Lindell and Jesse Ventura, sound nothing like what the actual accent actually is. Like, they, what is it? They sound alike. Like, both of them sound similar to well, each other. Well, they sound like what people think we sound like. No, they don't. It's a weird, like twist on the minnesotan accent it's a no well mike lindell's is extremely both of them don't sound like the fargo accent that everybody thinks we sound like that we actually well that's like we don't really sound like that yeah we do no (laughs) you really do no (laughs) i know (laughs) yeah we do no we don't (laughs) hey bud (laughs) we don't sound like that oh god no but they 
to me, they are the quintessential, like, what Minnesotans actually sound like mixed with the Fargo accent. Their accident is fucking weird. I don't no, know where it's, it's coming from. It's like you from. take a normal Minnesotan accent, so you kind of have the longer O's and stuff and that sort of thing, but you're not, oh, don't you know? You don't do that shit. That's not fucking real, okay? Maybe maybe it is. You've never heard my mom talk on the phone because oh, <laughs> it's yeah? pretty accurate. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you just listen to my mom talking to her one of her sisters on the phone without hearing the other sister, all the call sounds like is yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> That's all it sounds like. <laughs> okay, fine. There, it, <laughs> you get what I'm saying. It's not as extreme as it is in Fargo. No, of course. No. no. Once you get out of the Twin Cities metro. The further you go northwest, the thicker it gets. Oh, yeah. You get yourself up by North <laughs> you Dakota. Just, you just said, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, you take a normal Minnesota. Dude, now I'm just going to start talking I know. like it. <laughs> I know. Now, because I'm thinking about it, I'm doing it more. Yep. Oh, no. My voice is changing. Although we are not I'm just saying Lindell is like a normal Midwestern voice. And then you throw in the fucking Fargo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just make this crazy witch's brew. Although we are not the weirdest. I came to a realization last week because. Oh, you were in. You were, oh, yeah. You're a big. You were in. A, you went to your symposium in Boston. Yeah. So I went on a work trip. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> You went on a field trip. Yes, I did. Okay, how was I went out to trip? Boston. Boston. It was my, it was my first, first time in Boston. Have you ever been to Boston? Uh, no. It was a cool city. Yeah. I was expecting like something not worthwhile. I've heard like people on the East Coast are assholes, which I never really subscribed to, but I heard especially in Boston, they're kind of short and impatient. Every single person I met in Boston was the fucking nicest, friendliest person willing to like help in like even if the, like there was one time i was like trying to get my card to work on the bus and the bus driver who i was fully expecting to like shoo me out and be like get the fuck off the bus until you know what the fuck you're doing was like oh no what you got to do is you got to do this and you got to do this like don't don't worry about it but next time tell the bus driver that your card is this card and not this card like i was shocked by how welcoming and friendly the people of boston were that being said I always thought that the accent was uh, was an exaggeration. Yeah. I thought that TV kind of like put a little like, stink on it and like yeah, exaggerated like it a little Minnesota bit. Accent. Yeah. You, you take something that's real and then you make it. Yeah. Twist it a little the, bit. Yeah. Off the wall real. Yeah. yeah. Uh, every fucking person in that city sounds exactly like that. <laughs> like I was Fucking shocked at how many people, police officers, guys in business suits, like every rung of the ladder sounded like Bill Burr doing the impression of a guy from Boston. Yep. Like the thickest, thickest Boston accents across the board. So like, it was crazy. Like Matt Damon and Goodwill. Yes. Hunting. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I did. I went to, uh, I found a, a, a cool bookstore that I went to. And then right by that, there was an Irish pub. 
So I went to the Irish pub and I just like got a beer and there were two guys next to me at the bar that I, I don't know. They seemed working class. I don't know what their job was, but it was like they were joking. Like the guys was like, come on, kid. Like he's used the word kid to refer to his friend. It was nuts. I could not believe what I was hearing. Interesting. Yeah. So it was like a did you go to Cheers? Uh, I walked past Cheers. Uh, did you take a picture it with was, it? With it was under up? construction. Did you it was it? under res- re- renovations. Oh, disappointing. Yeah. I did catch a half of a Red Sox game, though. Oh, you did? Was yeah. it the Orioles? Yes, it was. Who won? Oh, the Orioles. There we go. <laughs> yeah. The That's Red our, Sox yeah. look like shit in that game. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sucks to be them. Yeah. Yeah, fuck the Red Sox. But Fenway was pretty cool. I'd been to, I'd been to Wrigley once. Fenway was cool. The, the ticket was fucking astronomical you for entering Chicago the game. All that time, and you only I went, only to, went to one once. Cubs game. Yeah. I've been to Wrigley more than you. I know. I've been there like five, six times. Well, in my defense, I it during the time that I was there, it was during their heyday, and the whole stadium was filled with like fucking frat guys and drunken assholes. So I kind of avoided the stadium. How far were you from Wrigleyville? Um, I kind of lived due west of Wrigleyville, but you were okay. I lived in Logan Square, yeah. which is like a little bit west of the the lake. Okay. Yeah, I mean you're more inland. Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know. Wrigleyville was cool, but it's just I don't know. It got ex- each time I've gone back, it gets more and more gentrified to a point where oh, yeah. it's like it the kind of oh, like the luster is kind of off it. It now. is. Like yeah. it's crazy because like in a <laughs> I realized it once I went to Fenway, like Wrigley Stadium, they're building a modern stadium around it because they can't do any additions to it because it's a like historical landmark. So they can't tear it down. There's only so much you can do with the bones that are there. So they're keeping the stadium intact originally, but they're building like a modern stadium around it. With like stadium seating, seating and stuff. When I went, they're to Fen- literally going to start selling tickets to the rooftop stuff. Yes. Oh, they have been selling tickets to the rooftop. But originally, stuff. it was like the owners of those buildings. Correct. Yes. But now the Cubs have kind of what have they like annexed they've, that whole idea? Yeah, they've co-opted it. Now it's like they're yeah. just selling as many tickets as possible. It is fun when they win though, and you sing that stupid fucking song. <laughs> go Cubs, go! Go Cubs, go! Oh, man, I love that song. I'll take that over Sweet Caroline. I but... remember when the twins were there, and it, like me and my buddy we were just shit-faced, and we, we were hamming up with some uh, Cubs fans. And by the end of the night, we were all just hugging, singing, Co- see that, Go Cubs, go. See that white <laughs> W fly? Yep, see the white W fly? Twins got beat like 9-3, to three, but we were just all, we were like, <laughs> yeah, let's sing this fucking song, man. I love that song. Yeah, they're a fun team. Yeah. But yeah, going to How f- many times do you go down to old Comiskey? Only once. Well, and at that point, it's guaranteed rate field. Yeah, I think it's still called that. <laughs> yeah. Is the rate still guaranteed in today's economy? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I think that's gone. But at that point, too, like the Sox have sucked forever. And uh, at that point, there were more Twins fans in the crowd than there were White Sox fans. Yeah. 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 I've never been to Comiskey. Or no, uh, guaranteed rate. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was the old Comiskey, and then there's the new Comiskey. Yep. I don't whatever guaranteed but rate Fenway was very cool it because they had not it is still not very modernized 
like I and I think because of that, the tickets are fucking astronomical. Like I went in the sixth inning and I spent fifty five dollars for a ticket and it was a shitty seat. Obstructed view. It was like obstructed view. The big awning was like or the upper deck like took the yeah. top of my view away. The seats, I think, are original to the stadium. They're yeah. like wooden. That's why in Wrigley, the best place to sit is in the outfield. Yeah. Because yep. you don't have the overhang there. Yeah. Um, but it was yeah, fun. You sit down at the third baseline or first baseline. Just It's just old construction. It hangs very low. Yes. And you literally can't see half field. They have TVs hanging up where you can watch in your yeah. seats. Any ball that goes up in the air, you have no idea where it's going. Yeah. I don't I personally I like I get I, I can appreciate it as like a baseball fan like as somebody who grew up around baseball and loved it I can appreciate the history of these places but I think they're fucking dumps yeah and I don't think there's anything like just I get it but like the Yankees yeah old Yankee Stadium when they replaced it they built new Yankee Stadium and they modeled the fucking thing just like it only with like a little bigger concourse sure. obviously and stuff like that but like you modeled it after a stadium that was built in 1920. That was out of date. That yeah. was out of date, and, like, you wanted to make it look exact. So it's, like, it's kind of shit. Yeah. Like, that's kind of stupid. Like, if you're going to modernize you it, have modernize more, it. You, obviously, it's modern compared to that one, but it's, like, no, just do something different. Like, yeah. there's so much they can do. Like, we have, we're spoiled with stadiums Yeah, here. We have a lot of great stadiums. And, like, you go into U.S. Bank when we were in the Thorium, and you're like, this place fucking rules, dude. Yeah. It's so good. It's, a great it's so fucking good. I'm like, yeah. But yeah, the the This has to be the least interesting conversation. <laughs> we assure you this is a Star Wars podcast. Yeah. But it was it was a great uh I'm happy that I went. They love the shit out of that stadium and that team, though, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, they Even really there do. was there was a lot of Orioles fans there. Yeah. Um, but the the energy there was just different. You could feel it. Yeah. It was it was I'm happy that I went to that game. So you stayed through through uh, the ninth? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Nice. Um, well, that's good. I'm glad you did. You have anything? Any learn anything cool at the symposium? Was Gary V there? <laughs> Gary Gary V was not there. John Mulaney did a set though. How so was that his, was fun. How was his set? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I don't know. There's not much else to say. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was fine. Is it just recycled material or? It was like recycled material. It was like all stuff off of his other like specials, but uh, but, but he did a lot of like crowd work uh, and would like make fun of the people at the at the, the symposium. Okay. So that was fun. Yeah. Did you get roasted? No, no. I sat in the very back. How many people were in this room? Uh, in that room, I don't know. I think the total attendance for the conference was like up around. I think it was between like eleven and fourteen thousand. Okay. So it was what was the name of the conference? conference? inbound inbound yeah all right do you feel like you're a, a well-rounded individual at work now yeah sure do you feel like you've grown in your role <laughs> yeah do you feel more comfortable going to work taking charge now no okay. but I, that's just because of my own neuroses that has nothing to do with the conference yeah um should we talk about ahsoka let's do it let's talk about ahsoka um so if you haven't seen the latest latest episode of ahsoka so the fifth episode uh, if you haven't seen it yet, you're going to Well, hold on, it. hold on. What? Let's talk about the fourth episode first. Well, yeah, because we and didn't... And then yeah. get into the fifth episode. Because there's things to say about the fourth one. Just it's just going to take a briefer time. Fourth one was good. It was good, Edden, with that big cliffhanger. Um, yeah, it was good. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't have a ton. It was good, but that was the that was the episode where I came to realize because we uh, uh Moloch is fucking gone now. Well, yeah, he's like a night sister. That's he's a spell. He's a some spell kind. of some kind. At least that's um, what it appears to be. Yes, Merrick, uh, long gone, long gone. People have forgotten about him quick. <laughs> but that was the thing, like, because everybody was fucking obsessed with him, and there were multiple people I saw in line and in person who were like, "That is fucking Star Killer. That is Star Killer." I'm, yeah. co- I'm convinced. And then there were a bunch of other people that saying he's Ezra. And a bunch of other, like, weird, like, oh, that could be Kanan. Kanan actually is alive. Which like, was which would be awful. Which would have been awful. <laughs> all of that stuff in the way that he went out was poetry. Yes. Just I love without it. a fucking word. I was just, so happy. This guy is nothing. <laughs> yeah. I almost got it right. <laughs> I almost yeah. got it right. I said he was going to unceremoniously die in a dog fight. Yep. But no, he just got cut in the chest, and his night sister magic left him. I mean, he wasn't nothing. He was a he. I mean, it's cool seeing yeah. you know Elsbeth is a night sister, so it's cool seeing that, um, that aspect of it. That's like this, you know, a night sister spell. That's cool. But, but really, he's nothing. But it was that episode that led me to. I had the thought that like everybody is convinced that this guy is Star Killer. But everybody, like, Balin's skull is just flying under the radar, and there's no fucking theories about where that guy came from. And it's like, age-wise, couldn't he possibly be Anakin or Vader's other apprentice? Yeah. Like, he could just as easily be Starkiller. Yeah, he could be a secret secret apprentice of Vader of some kind. It would be, it would be, it would be interesting because up until this point... Yeah. He has been acting more like a Jedi than Ahsoka has. Ahsoka has been kind of living against the Jedi grain, justifiably so. But it seems like Balin's skull still is abiding by a lot of the tenets yep. of the Jedi. So it would be interesting if they did something where he was Vader's apprentice at some point, but didn't like the way that Vader is going about doing things, and he also walked away. Yeah. Like, Ahsoka and Balin lived parallel paths, and he walked away from Vader just like Ahsoka walked away from Anakin, but for different reasons. Yes. And now they have different perspectives on where they are currently in life. I don't think that's actually true, but I thought it was interesting. Where did you see that? That I just thought of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Look at you big brain over there. Oh, you know, you're alone in a hotel room watching Ahsoka. You got to come up with stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, I, no, I really did enjoy that part. I mean, obviously, but I like part five just came out and I just feel completely. I know, I know. It completely it. overshadowed it, it. Yeah, because that was just, it's just setting it up. But we did see, we get to get, deal with Sabine, like Sabine's decision. The biggest points of episode four are uh ahsoka fucking calling it and being like we have to come to the decision right now do i have to worry about you because if we can't get to if if someone else can get to ezra and thrawn we should probably destroy this thing and sabine has said you got nothing to worry about i'm completely on your side then of course we all saw how that happened yeah um yeah which is interesting i don't know sabine I don't know. And then Hugh Yang, who also said, just 
please stick together. Yeah, poor You guys bastard. always, yeah. always do better when you stick together, and they just immediately did did exactly the opposite. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting with Sabine and just seeing kind of the fallout of her decision there, um, which they didn't build on at all this week. Was no. not just completely out off screen. So it'll be interesting to see what Sabine does when we get some... I'm assuming next week we'll see Sabine again. We'll get some kind of fallout of what's going on. Do we see Ezra and Thrawn maybe next week? Um, that's possible. Um, all right, so let's talk about episode five now. Yeah, so, so I mean, if you haven't seen it yet, skip forward, I don't know, some time here. Yeah. Um, skip forward. We're going to be talking about spoilers. Um, yeah, so uh, episode four ends, and it's Anakin uh, greeting uh, Ahsoka in what appears to be, at the time, the world between worlds. Yep. That's what it appears to be. Now, I didn't know. We rewatched this week's part of it, and there's no portals in there. I mean, it looks like the world between worlds, but they had all those portals that you could go up to and you could see, you could look into the past and blah, 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 blah. That, I don't, I think that was just more of a, you know, we were talking about it and it seems just more like a, it's kind of like a forced hallucination. You referenced the, it's her cave. It's her test. It's her test. It's her cave on Dagobah. Her basically. dark side cave. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's a lot more in her you know, from what with Luke, we see him go in there. It's, well, it's she's a two lived, minute scene. She's lived as a Jedi for a lot longer than. Yeah. And Luke also, I mean, Ray has. They didn't have uh, 30 minutes to dedicate to any kind of. Right. You know, you don't in the movie, you only have a few minutes to get through that to get to the next part. Right. So. Um, but yeah, that's what it, it must have been. That's um, what I, that's my interpretation of it. Yeah. Um. But we did find some interesting aspects that we were talking about with Anakin, because at first, um, I mean, first of all, the lightsaber fight that starts is fucking great. Um, Anakin looks way better this week, some reason than he did last week. We were talking like, I think it's just the shots. So I don't know. I, I hope that that's Hayden Christensen that's actually doing the lightsaber moves. But if like if it is, he is doing a fucking phenomenal job. Oh, it's absolutely him. He is limber. Yeah, like, they just de his face a little bit. He is nailing that choreography. Yeah. So it was a great fight. It was incredible. I love the fight. I love a good lightsaber yep. fight. Um, just like I love a good dog fight. It's two of the, the greatest aspects of Star Wars: dog fights and lightsaber fights. Um, I don't know, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Last week when they zoomed in on the face and got in close and he kind of smirked, I was like, oh, that looked rough. Yeah, it did. It, it was did. just it did the the smirk and everything. It just it, it approached that. It's the heavy rain where I'm like, this is, looks real, but it's creeping me out. You know? I feel like when they do anything that is uh, not involving dialogue and they're trying to use the face to like emote like it, any yeah. kind of emotion, that's when it starts getting rough. Yeah. Um, so I didn't love it, but this week I was pleasantly surprised. They had a lot more shots that were further away, and I think that kind of negates the creepiness of the de-aging. And also in the middle of, like, action, I think. Um, There's other things to pay attention to. So I will say, like, I thought it was an improvement this week. Yeah. Noticeable. I think it was just that one shot that kind of threw me off. Because when I first saw him last week, I was like, holy shit. Holy shit. But then they zoomed in, I was like, oh, God. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But no, I mean... But we even talked about, like, when Ahsoka was in that, when they eventually went back to the Clone Wars, we were both like, is this her present day reliving the past and, like, yeah, looking and at it from that a it different lens? Her. Or is this just, like, a flashback? Like, what is going on? Yeah. 
Um, I think it really, I think it was her, because when she goes back and it's the Clone Wars and she's like 13 or whatever, and it's just right after she got paired with Anakin, she's like, this is the Clone Wars. She kind of says it to herself, and Anakin's like, yeah, it is. Uh-huh. And No kidding. And she's like, how do we, how do we get here? And he's like, you tell me. You know, so at that point, the, the confusion for me in that scene is right there. Anakin appears to be cognizant of like this is the past, and we're reliving it. But then the next scene afterwards, it was almost like we were in the Clone Wars, watching the two of them in real time. Yeah, like they're reenacting it, but at the same time, it was you know it clearly was the past, and I think that's why it's all hazy in there and stuff like. I did see some claim complaints online where people were like, "What well, it it looks like shit." It's like it's it's a, it's well, like a hazy dark memory. That's why it's supposed to look like that. But it's also a fucking TV show. They don't have the budget to make it a fuck. It, they don't have the budget to make it look like Attack of the Clones. No, they don't. Like but I thought I, they I did a very say... good job with like what they had. Yeah. You could tell that it was like done on a soundstage. Yes. You could very easily tell that. But for being done on yeah. a soundstage, it would look fucking phenomenal. Yeah. But the thing is, the point of that scene, it's not about the surroundings at all. Like, they're secondary yeah. here. Like, they're not trying to give you, like, a, a boner-ass view of Sundari and Mandalore. Like, they're not doing that. One, the budget, probably. But two, it's clearly supposed to be this, like, hazy dream memory of hers. But the thing that we're curious about... so. At first, when they first go back, Anakin clearly is cognizant that, okay, yeah, this is the past. But then the next scene, after the fallout of that battle, I don't know if they get more and more ingrained in their old persona. Because even Ahsoka in that scene, she still seems to be aware that this is the past. And she's kind of questioning everything that had happened in the past. But that's where she's commenting, like, we lost so many men. Yeah. And... Anakin, though, in that scene, he's very much playing Anakin in that time. He's like, trying to make light of the situation. Yes. He's asking us in, when Ahsoka ta- like is kind of upset with him for yep. taking it so lightly. He's like, well, would you rather me be serious? Yes. So in that scene, he is Anakin of the past. And then when we go forward to Sundari and Mandalore, the Siege of Mandalore, he's like, well, where are we now? And so once again, he is disconnected from playing like the role to being like active in this story yeah which i found i don't know and uh, the thing is i think it's just i mean anakin's not there that's not an anakin ghost that's not his forced ghost as far as i can tell it's just her like well and that's that's moment in the cave like what you were talking about like because there are no portals there I don't even think that's really the world between worlds. I no. think like she is going through this moment when she fell into the water where she can kind of like live this like do I want to live? Do I want to die? Do I want to like keep going towards the dark side or do yeah. I want now, to live said, like, and go towards the light? Clearly in episode four, she tapped into the dark side to save Sabine from Shin Hati, who was charging at her. She's been doing stuff like that this entire yes. time. Like she's been the yeah. aggressor in a lot of these. Like she drew yeah. first on Balin. Like there's plenty of examples that you can point to where she's like 
not living the Jedi path. Yeah. You could call her a gray Jedi or I whatever. I mean, she even said as much in the first episode. Like, how did you get this information? She's like, well, I didn't use the Jedi code. Right. You know, I broke. <laughs> but, um, like, you could tell, like, the dark side is pulling her. Like, yeah. She is being pulled also, a direction. Like, and so she needed some th- something to reset. Yeah. There's been complaints about her being too serious. Because Ahsoka is not, like, the most serious character. She's very, like, lighthearted, whatever. But it's like... Wouldn't after all that war and then your your closest confidant becomes a genocidal maniac that like destroys million like millions of lives and like directly destroys other people that you love? Like, don't you think you'd be a little more serious? Like, I and you see these takes and like I just keep seeing these takes online where like, oh, the the hogs really like their slop from Lucasfilm and I'm. What am I missing here? So maybe, like, I have been completely blind to any kind of, like, criticism or commenting on the show. I've just been enjoying it. I thought everybody universally was, like, on board with this. Even the most, like, virant, like, oh, Star Wars sucks now, guys. We're like, oh, no, this is good. But you're telling me that there are critics. Yeah, there are. And, well, just also in, like, Star Wars in general. There's, like, There's always going to be. Yes. But no, it, it's it's just like I, I read some of these takes and I'm just like, are you fucking people like serious? Is it that bad to you? Like, I just I don't I, I can't comprehend it. Yeah, I just can't because I'm enjoying it. And the thing is, with stars, I just watch it to enjoy it. We have this conversation every, every single time. new show that comes out. Yeah. But like, this is legitimately good. Like, I think this is better than Kenobi. I think this is better than Andor, I think this is better than anything that's come before it. Well, Andor's pretty good. Andor's phenomenal. And I love I'm not trying to sell any of those other things short. I'm just saying, like, this is very, very, very good. Yeah. I don't know. It's just this brand of, like, it's always, like, people who... Some of my favorite posters in the world are also just miserable when it comes to, like, media. (laughs) You know? Like, no, like, some... like like political posters that sort of thing like when it comes to movies so often they are just elitist snobs yeah so sometimes it's okay to like dumb shit yeah i don't think this is necessarily no it's not but i'm saying like it's fine to like dumb things if you like it yeah but it's just i don't know when i hear them talk about star wars with that contempt like why are these people enjoying this crap this is crap this is slop this is gruel for the pigs and it's like you're really kind of showing your contempt for people here. But that's the same thing was like the the biggest thing that you could make that argument towards is I'm just going to and I enjoyed this like thoroughly Rex showing up no, fan service. I'm saying Book of Boba Fett. That's the piece that I could if I had to put myself in that shitty like oh enjoy your slot position, I could see myself doing it with that. Well but, yeah, because Book of Boba Fett was more like it was like a ride. It was like an amusement park but type. But why not enjoy the fucking ride? I don't know. I've never looked for like... There are moments in Star Wars where you get like a deep emotional connection to a character. That happened. Like, we had one last week with Kanan. That was a great episode. But like, at the same time, first and foremost, it's just entertainment. Yeah. Like, that's all it is. And I, there is just nothing more just annoying to me than a like movie snob. Yeah. It's like you go to a movie like, I don't know, like there's a lot of gray area in life. But the thing I've always I've always kind of enjoyed about music or movies, you either like it or you don't. It's black and white. Uh huh. 
and I don't I don't find like great meaning in looking much further past that when it comes to film or television. And I, think I really it, don't. I, I think I, it takes a lot more like, I don't know. There's been shows that have brought that out of me, like The Sopranos. I talked to you about my Sopranos theories that one time. You're like, yeah. oh, I have to rewatch it. And like, sure enough, you like found a guy in red. You're like, this guy is the same theory as you. Like, I was... I can't even remember what it was, really, but I just had this whole thing, and I really watched it. Was it about the depth. horse? <laughs> the painting and the horse? No. That was great, though. <laughs> no, I was obsessed with it being like a, a reflection of Catholicism, yeah, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. Holy Trinity and all this stuff, and I had like this whole theory about it. But like generally with stuff, I mean, did you like it or not? That's But also, like... And why I, can't it just be that simple? I also think, like, I don't know. I, I appreciate someone that even f- looks at... The dumbest shit, the stupidest movie, and is able to pick out like one or two things that are like, you know what, the movie sucked, but dude, these two things were pretty cool. Like, I like this part of it. I saw the emoji movie twice in theaters, <laughs> and I have two DVD copies of it. <laughs> I've only watched it the two times in theaters, but dude, like, the thing is, like, I go online and I'll like post something, and the thing is, like, n- Life in general is just a bit, man. Mm-hmm. It's just a bit. You're doing a bit. Like when we get on here, like we are versions of ourselves that are like outlandish. <laughs> no, it's like us, like just being completely comfortable, just com- you know, just no, yeah. no regards for really anything, and just kind of being. To be fair, this is how we are when we're alone together as well. Yeah, but it's like we when we get together, and this is what I told the authority man in this town. I was like. When you and I get together, it's like we take our real personalities because these are our real personalities, yeah. but they're running at like a six volume <laughs> and we turn it up to the max. Uh-huh. Like that's how we are together. Um, I forget what point I was making, though. Does it sound about Catholicism? Because I thought that's where you were going. No, it's not about Catholicism. <laughs> no, but like the thing is like online, it's like, I why be such a snob about this shit? This is all a bit man like everything's a bit have fun with the bit it's the same like i've brought it up before but it's the same deal as like when you're like people aren't actually out here like (laughs) committing harikari because of fucking a portrayal of anakin okay like they'll say something outlandish online like i hate how anakin was portrayed here like i really don't think the vast majority of people that would type that online are actually having a meltdown in their real life in regards to that. No, they're just like doing it. It's a bit. But also like it's a it's a it, I've brought up the the allegory before, but like it's like you're watching a magician and you're just looking for any opportunity you can to be like, nope, I know how he did yeah. it. I know how he did it. And it's like, why not? And just, honest to God, like, why not just sit back and enjoy the trick? Be like, wow, that was really impressive. Yeah. I think it's just like a Reddit thing. Like people grew up on boards. Yeah. Now, like there's a generation just a little younger than us that was like on message boards all the time and just got into arguments with people about various things. Well, also people like I don't know. I think some of it's born of insecurity, but some people like find some value in feeling smarter than everybody else. Yeah. But that's just it just like makes you question yourself like, what am I missing? Here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you kind of think about it like I'm not really missing anything. No, here. not at all. You know, I just it's. It's just fucking it, it. You know, it's tiring. <laughs> you know. Yes, it is. I mean, for fuck's sake, we watched Senate Spy and we had to pick a light side moment out of that. Okay, it is true. That's bad, Star uh-huh. Wars. That's fucking dog shit. 
Um, it is funny watching the people after this last episode because, like, what I've seen, it's pretty positive feedback on this episode five of Ahsoka. But yeah. there have been a lot of people that haven't watched the Clone Wars that are like, if, if anything makes me go back and watch all of the Clone Wars, it's this episode. I'm committing. I'm going back and watching all the Clone Wars now. <laughs> I just feel like, oh, boy. Well, I'm yeah. happy you are, but... <sighs> Get, brace yourself because it's yeah. not all this episode. You're like five episodes in, and all of a sudden, fucking <laughs> bomb bad Jedi just slaps you right across the face. I love the I love Jar Jar's arc in our opinions, though, because by the end of it, we were Jar Jar champions. He was the greatest. He's fucking awesome. Remember when he's laying <laughs> pipe with that one lady? <laughs> he fucked the queen of the Bardottons. <laughs> he fucked her. Coming of the Jedi was a sign. It was a sign. But they, they're fucking duck people, and it's Jar Jar Binks fucking their queen. Yeah. Why wouldn't he? Like, this is the show you people are trying to find some sort of A24 art house bullshit out of. Yep. Like, fuck off, man. <laughs> it's just so dumb. It's fucking Star Wars, man. And that is what I kind I do appreciate the that. The fucking entire film series, everything, the whole goddamn franchise opens with a space battle and a large man in a giant hood goes in and kills a bunch of guys with his stormtroopers that are falling over themselves with their ridiculous helmets, their stupid giant hoods on the rebels. But I feel like that's what I love about Star Wars to begin with is like I feel like George Lucas himself realizes that and will just like be like I'm not going to take it seriously. I made it. Like I know how seriously people take it, no, but it's not exactly. meant to be taken seriously. So I'm going to say some shit and do some shit that's going to piss people off intentionally. Yeah. And that's why I kind no, of but like, like it's just it's there are serious moments and there are there's real moments of like genuine. Yes. Like, that will elicit genuine emotion out of you. But like the the dominating emotion, the 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 emotion that dominates all when you're watching Star Wars should be joy and having fun. It's, the, it's and just to suspend the disbelief. It's the weird thing that people do every once in a while where it's like they can't have two things be true at the same time. Yeah. So it's like if they love Star Wars and they like identify with the serious aspects of it and they just really appreciate the story arcs and all of that stuff. Some people have a hard time admitting that like, oh, yeah, there are other parts that are just ridiculous, that are just stupid. Yeah. It's like both things can be true at yeah. the same time. Well, the franchise by nature takes itself extremely seriously, but also not seriously at all. Yeah. Like, that's just the kind of thing it is. It's it's a mix. I don't know. I, I just it's just I don't know. I, I, I don't have time. Like, I, I just the things that I love in my life. Like, I don't have time to be miserable about them anymore. It's like, you, you, there are very few things that you can get joy out of <laughs> anymore, no, but genuinely. Really, I mean, when you think so about like, it, like, why not just, like, if you're getting joy from something, just fucking accept it. Yeah. No, but it's just, like, there's so much miserable shit in this world. Like, why would I want to be miserable about the thing that I love? Yeah. Like, why would I want to sit there with a fucking... With, like, a microscope and just, like, analyze it scene by scene and, like, get mad because Rex's comma is in the wrong position. Wait, it was? I didn't realize yeah. that. Well, it's over now. <laughs> but it's just, why would you do that? Like, dude, I fucking had to go see the podiatrist because I had a fucked up nail from running. I get a $500 bill in the mail. 
Like, why would I want to be miserable watching Star Wars when I have shit like that going on? Like, why? Why? You get your nail sorted out? Yeah. It's fine. All right. I was hoping I was going to just get it cut out. Just, yeah, just <laughs> rip it out of there. I was, I was just curious what that would be like. Shoot you up like with some those, Novocaine there, Like one know? of those TikTok videos with the guy fixing the horse's hoof. Oh, I love those videos. <laughs> I love those fucking videos. I do not know why, but those are so fucking satisfying. They're the Fucking best. <laughs> yes. You grind it down, and then you get that. They got yeah. that weird curvy knife oh! that he just like cuts the thing off. Oh, and it looks so clean. Yeah. Oh, you could. Oh man, you could eat a you could eat a T bone steak they off get that. that. It's like a plate. Every once in a while, they get the angle grinder and just like ah. Oh. But when they first start clearing it out, oh, with all the dirt and the mud. When those things first started popping up for me, for a second, I seriously thought like I should have gone into like animal husbandry. Yeah. Like, this this looks. Fucking satisfied. <laughs> I could do this all day. Animal husbandry. That's one thing I was always like, that sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> that was one thing where I was like, I don't like how that sounds. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I enjoy it. I've been having a hell of a time with it. It's kind of reinvigorated my Star Wars love. Like, I always love Star Wars, but I have peaks and valleys. And right now it has peaked me again. I built my X-Wing UCS. Yes, you I'm, did. I expanded the tables. There's a new Star Wars UCS set coming out soon. Minotaur class. So, yeah, I'm really loving the 20th anniversary of the Clone Wars here. Um, 20th anniversary since Tartakovsky's Clone Wars. So there's a lot of good Lego sets. I don't know. I'm just feeling good about Star Wars right now. I'm, I'm enjoying it. You know, we're coming up on the end of Rebels, so we'll be taking a little break. But um, I think it's good to be hitting this high when we go yeah. into our break because we can come back invigorated. I just invigorated. Checked, I checked this. So if I had to do, like, a... One bit of criticism, and it's not really criticism about this last episode. The entire time, I was like, "Just show me just one one tidbit. I just want to see the other part. I want to see where they ended up at the other end. I wanted to see them like come out of the hyperspace jump. Uh, I just wanted a glimpse of Balin. Yeah, we haven't even talked and about Shin yes. in in Sabine in all of. I wanted to see just a glimpse of that. Yeah, and that didn't happen, which is fine. But that was the one thing. And so I, I, I will say one thing. One thing where I think there could be like some real like valid complaints. If you haven't watched Rebels or you haven't read the books or something, it's like why do we care about Thrawn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they haven't it done does a take good, away from it. They have not done a good job of relaying Thrawn's maliciousness yes. and how cunning he is via this show as a vessel. Yep. They do that in plenty of other things. But if you're just watching it as an outsider, I could see how that would be like, who fucking cares? He's way out there. Leave him there. Yeah. You know, I was going to bring up, too. So, like, I know your love of Lord of the Rings. You have an appreciation. Yeah, she's, uh, she's Gandalf the White now. But that was the thing, like, that in the beginning of this TV series, I kind of was like, oh, shit, because at the end of Rebels... The Man said something similar to me, too. At the end of Rebels, you see her as Ahsoka the White. Yes. And she shows up for Sabine that way. And in, But that was before this, and then she's back to... No, it is, it is the same scene. In episode, I think it's two... When she shows up and picks Sabine up, it's meant to be the exact same moment in that part of Rebels. In Rebels, when they jump forward and they do their recap at the okay. very end, 
it jumps forward. So like that scene is actually the same scene at the beginning of the Ahsoka series. Okay, see, I thought it was like years before. This. No, they just swapped out the outfits. So like that's why I was like, oh, I thought that Ahsoka was like gonna arrive in like white garb and like arrive as Ahsoka the White, like she did in the Rebel series, but she didn't. So like I, like I'm happy that now we have Ahsoka the White. So. I'm high, so bear with me here, because now my brain is, the, the gears have stopped. We can talk about it more once we actually get to that episode of Rebels, but that part is meant to be in advance of it's where meant- we are right now in the Ahsoka show. No, it's supposed to be the beginning of that, the part in Rebels where she arrives and picks Sabine up is supposed to be the same part in Ahsoka. In Ahsoka. But why is she white now, but since she wasn't... Previously? I know, that's the part that's... I don't know. I think it's just like... A, are we giving too much... I know... Maybe like... it's coincidental, and I could be completely fucking wrong, but I always... what From what I've read, it was that part in Rebels took place a lot further after Ezra and Thrawn disappeared. And, like, it was it meant to be Ahsoka arriving, picking Sabine up, and they were going to start on their mission to search for Ezra. But then that doesn't explain why she was... And if we're doing this Ahsoka the white versus Ahsoka wearing blue, she went... After she picked her up, she went blue. Yeah, I don't know. So that doesn't really... So is there any real significance to her wearing different clothing? I don't know. Well, she's reborn now. She just died again, and now she's coming out as a pure Jedi, so maybe that's why she's white. But when she picked her up like two weeks ago, she was white. I'm no, just she saying. wasn't white when she picked her up. In Rebels, she was. In Ahsoka, she wasn't. Oh, they just... Oh, okay, now you got me. Okay. Oh, did you not pick up what I was saying? Why? Yeah, well, I get that now. Okay. But, okay. Anyways, it doesn't fucking matter. Whatever. Let's just cut all that. <laughs> I haven't watched that episode for a while, okay. so I wasn't sure. I was like, are you telling me she was wearing white then, too? No. She's wearing white no, 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 Rebels, no, no, no. but not in Ahsoka. Correct. So why does it have to be the same scene? Well, it's just I always I heard that it was, or I read that that was the, meant so is to it like be the a, same scene. Is it like a retcon, then? Like, I guess, yeah. Like, they're they're saying, no, she wasn't wearing this. This wasn't her yet. Yes, so it is. I a, guess. It's a little of a retcon there. Yeah. Okay. Well, if it's a retcon, then it makes sense to me. Um, okay. So anything further that we want to talk about there, I think we're good. It's a hell of a show. It's a hell of a show. We're having a great time. And if you don't like it, well, fuck you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't give a shit. If you don't like it, whatever. Who cares? Um, okay. Uh, Adam, did you have any junk that you wanted to show me tonight? Yeah, there's one quick. We'll... I actually do have a proposition for you for the junk thing. This will be a quick one. Sure. Is it going to make me laugh? Um, probably. Okay. All right. Let's let's look at this junk that Adam brought. What a piece of junk! Da, 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 da. <laughs> you big Sanford and son of a It's Red Fox. A cave trip. You're throwing away a fortune here. Don't be a fool. No. Take out an ad. Sell it privately. I don't think I want to meet the people that are in the market for a used van. We can pay you two thousand miles plus fifteen when we reach Alden. It's a good deal. Yeah. He's ripping you off. 
You're right, he's ripping me off. <laughs> My trick's gonna work on me. Only money. Something works next. <laughs> it's all about tickling their buying bone. <laughs> all right. Uh, the junk segment. <laughs> Does that thing work? Nah. Nah. <laughs> so He's got a helmet. He gets a helmet from the Newman. Police scanner. What a beautiful show. I mean, what a beautiful show. So the genesis of this is I was cleaning out my basement in my garage. Yeah. And instead of throwing things away, I decided, what the hell? I'll see if I could get Throw some them up stuff. up on Facebook Marketplace. See if I could get some cash for them on Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist. And so far, we've had some doozies. And it's just, it's funny because it's beyond me that anyone would give any amount of money for this shit. <laughs> like, I would probably say if I had that cooker that you had, that grill, the smoker. If someone if if someone was like, oh, I don't really want it, I'd be like, I'll give you five bucks to get this thing out of my sight. If they do that for me, I'd probably do it. Nope. Uh, nope. The other way around for me, I made fifteen dollars <laughs> yeah. off of that guy. <laughs> That's good eating, man. <laughs> um, so it's very funny. But before you show me your thing, I do have a question for you. Okay. So I don't have Facebook, and I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I went back for a little bit because you were like kept sending me links to all these fucking Facebook marketplace, marketplace yeah. I'm not doing it. I, I've, I deleted it again. I'm not doing it. I don't fucking care. But I do have two TVs that I need to get rid of. So um, would you be up for taking them off my hands and selling them? I'll give you a cut of the deal. I would be more than happy. <laughs> yeah. And we can see how you do with my... I got two 55-inch LCD TVs. Are they functional? Completely functional. Okay. They're not bad TVs. I just... I don't need two 55-inch TVs anymore, my man. And would you just, if it weren't for Facebook Marketplace, would you just throw these away? I mean, they're just sitting there now. I wouldn't throw them away, but if I don't have to interact with people and you'll do that part for me, <laughs> I'll gladly give you 10 bucks per TV if you want. Oh, my cut's going to be a little bit steeper than that. Oh, what? <laughs> How much we think? $10. That's a finder's fee. How much are... Finders fee. Well, if I get more than a hundred, I brought it to you. If I, if I if I get more than a hundred bucks for these guys, what guys? The TVs. They're probably gonna. I, I guess. Oh, I can sell, baby. All right. Well, I'm gonna give it to you. Uh, what? How much? No, realistically, let's say I don't know. Let's say I have no idea. Let's say they both sell for one fifty. How much of that do you want to get these out of here? If they both sell for one fifty, so yeah, three hundred bucks total sale price. I'm taking a hundred bucks of that deal. You're taking a hundred bucks on that deal to get At those least. off my hands. Depending on if I'm dealing with any characters. This is, this is you're like treating me like I'm a fucking victim of it's your a pawn shop. Steep commission. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Have a heart. All right. I'm this trying week. to buy Lego sets. This week. All right. What are, are we got? You ready? I'll hand you Let the me ad. drink my LaCroix. I'll hand you the ad. I've I've blacked out. And I will. I'll upload this tomorrow in the Discord. I oh. promise. Have you uploaded any of no, them? No, but okay. I'll I'll upload all of them. <laughs> so, so I've blacked out won't. the price. How much do you think I got for these? And please tell everyone what what you're looking at. <laughs> <laughs> Here, take my phone. Zoom in if you need to. Okay. <laughs> what a bunch of junk. Absolute junk. So these are... How do you get any money for this? <laughs> Literally, this would be straight in the trash can for me. I wouldn't even drop this off at Goodwill. I'd feel bad. 
So these are just adjustable desk legs for no, some. No, I- read the Swedish word. The IKEA Olav adjustable desk leg. Goddamn right. So how long are these? Can I get a length? Uh, I thought I put it in the description. Maybe not. But they are adjustable, so it, they're meant to go with the IKEA butcher block uh, desk. I don't have anything. It on can there. go it's... from standing to sitting. Maybe that was too much work for I me. I do see Susan said just pulled up out front. <laughs> Dude, this stuff's junk. I would say so. At my old office, I was a at my one of the places I formerly worked at. They went through a remodel, and so they got brand new office furniture, and they let people just like take, take the old, old stuff. stuff. Yeah. So I brought my desk home with me, which was this IKEA all of desk. Yes, but I also had spare parts, so I actually had, I had nine of those legs. Okay. <laughs> So I just posted that one listing, which is four, which, which is four. Yep. But then I sold it once and I just left it up there and I actually sold it again. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do with the extra leg? I just threw it into one of them. I don't know. Oh, I was like, hey, here's another one. Here's a bonus. Do you want it? I don't want it. <laughs> okay. So they didn't buy a table. They just bought the legs. Just the legs. Now, does Ikea not make these Olaf legs anymore? I believe they are discontinued. Oh, so they're a commodity uh-huh. in the Ikea community now. I got to... If you got more than 10 bucks... For I'd four. Be, for four. How much did I get? 250 a piece. 250 a piece? 10 yeah. bucks. 20 bucks for the four. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, 40 bucks total. <laughs> You're not getting no That's fucking all profit, baby. You're not getting a third commission <laughs> off those TVs. You're making money hand over fist off these oafs. Come on. Those can, things are junk. One of them that? looks bent. <laughs> That's chrome plated. <laughs> oh, man. This is great. Uh we got to add up the total of what you've made off this shit. It, the entire time, it's hilarious because the entire time... When I started doing this, Bree's like, no one's going to pay you for this stuff. <laughs> and she's just every single time I come in and I'm like, ah, <laughs> it's all junk. It is absolute junk. <laughs> it's so dumb. If I quit my job and just dumpster dove and resold stuff all day long, I would probably make more money than I <laughs> than I am currently at my job. Tax-free, baby. All cash. <laughs> it's all cash. Nothing's in writing. Well, that's I I, I gotta admit, I'm pretty I'm pretty proud of you. Twenty bucks for those. <laughs> Honest to God, it wouldn't even cross my mind straight to the trash. Straight to the trash. Just looked like junk to me. Yeah, one of the the one of the one of the elderly ladies that purchased them was very appreciative. She was She's like, "I can't I find these anywhere. I cannot. I am so happy that you had these. Thank you so much." <laughs> and she gave you money twenty. Oh, twenty bucks. That oh, correction. There's an addendum on this. Uh, I was going out of town, and she was on the way. And I was just like, I wanted to like get it done with. So I was like, tell you what, I'll drop them off at your place. Are you going to be around at this point? And she was like, yeah. And so when I dropped them off, she was like, okay, 
here's 20. There's an extra 10 in there because you delivered them. So I made 30 off of four of them. So you made 50 bucks total. Yeah. Oh, man, a financial windfall for uh-huh. you. What'd you do with that money? A state fair. <laughs> I had corn dogs to buy. <laughs> that is good state fair money. Uh-huh. That's good walking around cash. All right, Adam. Well, congratulations on your junk windfall. That's very exciting. Uh, should we do Sega Bass Fishing Sound Effect of the yes. Week? Enjoy your fishing. Get a new tournament passport. It's the Sega. Bass Fishing Sound Effect of the Week. Okay, so Sega Bass Fishing Sound Effect of the Week. Last week we got, was it number one? I believe so, and yeah. And it was that, enjoy your fishing. Um, This week we got another little number here. We got number four by way of Kenobi Babe. So, are you ready for your Sega Bass Fishing Sound Effect of the Week? Sound Effect number four. Let's hear it. It's actually voice effect. Inlet area. Inlet area. Did we do an inlet area before? We're covering all our areas I believe we had cave area before. We had cave area. Now we have inlet inlet area. area. And I believe there was also beach area or maybe dock area. There was another area. Many areas. I'm getting my areas confused. Okay, so it looks like the earlier voices... The earlier voice sound effects, so like the 1 through 10 or something, I'm guessing, is probably like the basic, like you need the basic stuff, like Sega Bass Fishing, uh, Select a Reel or something, you know? Yeah, the higher up you get, the more wild it Yeah, gets. the higher end ones is what we're looking for. <laughs> so, I mean, but no, we got to go through them all, though. Yep. So, let's get these out of the way so we can get some big doozies coming up here soon. Okay, so that's your Sega Bass Fishing sound effect of the week. Should we do the time warp? Yep. Okay, so Doom aired on February 19th, 2018. It's season four, episode 11 of Rebels. It's still Black Panther and God's Plan um, for your number one movie and song in America. Um yeah, that Drake, he's dominating the charts. So we're going to do a clone cast recommends. Um, who wants to go first? Me, you? It's up to you. Your call. I'll go first. So did you get all those TikToks I sent you when I don't go on TikTok often, but I did go on this day for <laughs> Every some time reason. you do, you have 42 <laughs> unread messages from me. Yes. <laughs> and I don't watch any of them. <laughs> no. But I got on TikTok and I did you I was sending you these videos, but I ended up on Russian TikTok. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like Russian like dancing TikTok or something. Like I ended up in some wild place and I just was down a rabbit hole. Did you ever cross paths with that one weird arm wrestling champion with one arm that's like gigantic? No. Oh that's in the Ukraine or Russia or somewhere. Yeah, I think I think it was Russian. But this particular song is in English. Um and I, I'm shocked that it didn't go big in the United States, but apparently it was a hit in Europe in the 80s. And I don't know. It just has the um, – it, it feels like it has the vibes that it should have been like a top 10 80s song. Okay. And I fucking love it. And there was like some swing dancing going on to it. You got a it. title? Uh, yeah. It's called uh, uh, Touch in the Night by Silent Circle. <laughs> you ever heard of this band? No. Okay. Well, you ready for it? Yeah. All right. Oh, I dig. Yeah, it's awesome. (laughs) But they're doing Russian swing dancing to it. Are there lyrics or is it just instrumental? Oh, it gets going. 
right here. Oh, oh yeah! <laughs> Isn't it great? Man, those Russians know music. Oh fuck, I I love yeah. this. This makes me want to play GTA and just drive around at night. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, oh, yeah. I love every part of this. It's incredible. I've listened to it so many times. This is perfect perfect driving music. Oh yeah. <laughs> this rocks a thousand percent. I found a version that's like six minutes long, too. God damn right. The album version is much longer. Isn't it great? This song is phenomenal. I love the 80s, man. <laughs> They've really grown on me in recent this years. This is like the new wave music that I fucking love. Yes. I love that synth. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Aren't you shocked this wasn't a hit in the States? Yes. Yeah. This is fucking awesome. <laughs> it's an incredible song. Oh. Silent Circle, Touch in the Night. Oh, this is part coming up. Oh, wait till they get. Wait till the background singers come in. Oh, I think we found our karaoke song. Oh, I want to swing dance to this song. <laughs> They're a West German band, German Euro disco. Um, yeah. This is off their album called Number One. Oh, so if it's West German, that explains why it sounds so Western. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It peaked at number 28 on Swiss uh, charts, 58 on the German charts, which is insane to me. This song fucking rips. This song's fucking yeah. awesome. Um, anyways, so that's Silent Circle, uh, Touch in the Night. One of the great songs of our time. Adam, what do you want to say about your song? Uh, there's not much to say about mine. I'll just say it's one of the uh, Spotify Weekly Discover uh, playlist standouts. Yes. That came up, and I was just like, this song's really good. I think my Discover's getting better and better because I listen to songs like this 500 times. <laughs> and it's like, oh, he really likes he really likes synths. We'll serve him up more of <laughs> yeah. that. Okay, so this was a Spotify Discover Spotify banger. Discover Weekly that I just like. Is it an artist we know? Uh, Anne Murray. Oh, you like Anne Murray, right? Oh, even though we ain't got money. Uh, yeah. All right. This is Snowbird by Snowbird. Anne Murray. Is Anne Murray still around? I don't think so. Beneath it's snowing metal, cold and <laughs> Anne Murray. <laughs> She's still alive. She's 78. Oh, Snowbird sings a song he always sings And speaks to me of flowers that will bloom again in Ah, uh, it's pleasant, right? Yeah, very pleasant When I was young, my heart was young I'm learning about Anne Murray on uh -huh. Wikipedia right now Remember that Wikipedia segment I had for like two weeks? <laughs> Boy, that fell off So it's pleasant. 
And then this. Oh! <laughs> this was number 42 on the year-end rankings of the Billboard uh, Top 100 in 1970. It's a great song. Snowbird. Um, There's not much more. It's Snowbird by Ann Murray. It's good. Um, I'm learning a lot about Ann Murray here, though, man. There's some interesting stuff about Ann Murray. She was named... Is she Canadian? Yes, she is Canadian. A longtime golf enthusiast, Murray made history in October 2003 at the Turning Stone Resort and Casino in Verona, New York, by becoming the first woman to score a hole-in-one on the 108-yard par-3, 17th hole at Kelly Hyatt Golf Club. Well, how about that? And then on May 11, 2007, Golf for Women magazine, I bet that's a big seller, named Murray the world's best female celebrity golfer, noting her 11 handicap. That's a good handicap. Congratulations, Anne. Yeah. So, Ann Murray. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see if we've got good politics on her. <laughs> got to see what she supports. <laughs> see the uh, Labor Party and we can both just celebrate? Yeah. Oh, she's Catholic. Uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh, Don't no. need to read further. We love you, Ann. Bye. <laughs> okay. Um, should we get into the episode? Yes. All right. Let's do it. Listen to the on Wednesdays, that's what you say we love. Yep, that, 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 that. Each new segment's a blast. So we, b- before we started recording, you did point out, and I don't know what brought us on the subject, but you were like, season three of Rebels sucked. It did. <laughs> it just sucked. And it is just strange. When you look at Disney Plus and you're looking at season three sandwiched between season two and four, Which season are, two yeah. ends with Twilight of the Apprentice and it's virtually just swept under the rug season one enjoyable i wouldn't say it's great yeah yeah yeah. season two really good yeah season three i would maybe at least season two at least season one fed into season two like there was still inquisitor stuff there was still stuff with vader like there was like a theme and then it was like they hit reset with season three the season three it's like you can do a reset but you got to bridge it i think a little more it kind of felt very disjointed especially at the start but I mean, I think season three suck. I you know I did say season three sucks, but I think not necessarily sucks, but it's just mediocre. Yes, it was just like so many episodes were like, well, that wasn't awful, but it wasn't exactly great. Bendu was doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah, Bendu. I mean, yeah, Bendu. Whenever he'd show up, blast. Uh-huh. But no, there were some episodes, and there was like chunks of them at a time where it was just like this is like a six. If it wasn't for Thrawn. Uh-huh. And ben- if it wasn't for Thrawn and Bendu, season three would have been a complete write-off. Yeah. But season four, they found their mojo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here we go. We are Doom time. So um, Doom, as we all know, is uh, the last name of Caleb Doom, a.k.a. Kanan Jarrus, who just passed away um, in the previous episode. Um, Jedi Knight. N-I-G-H-T. Um, so... What does this episode have in store of us? What is going to be the fallout of all this? Um, we start with Arinda Price, who... She made some decisions. She made some decisions, and it's kind of a... Uh, she she was very Ahab, going to chase her white whale, that Jedi that keeps escaping her. Like, doesn't care about any of the repercussions in the moment. Just blind rage. Um, so, I mean, she killed Kanan, but she also destroyed their entire fuel reserves for the entire planet. 
And sure enough, that's going to come up. So uh, we're going to start with a clip with Arinda Price. And it's, I don't know, it's like her commander next in charge or something with her. Surveying um, the surveying damage. Surveying the damage. And we're going to get the fallout of that. And then we're also going to get the ghost crew returning to their base. So two clips combined into one is going to start us off. Let's take a listen. <laughs> What have you found? Comscan's indicate a stolen gunship escaped the blast. However, security recordings clearly show that the Jedi Kanan Jarrus has perished. The Jedi is dead. Are you certain? Yes, ma'am, but the fuel depot... Is not my concern at the moment. But ma'am, with the loss of the fuel depot, production lines for the TIE Defender will fall. And who knows this, besides you and me, Lieutenant? At the moment, no one, but it won't be long before Imperial Command realizes what happened. What are we to do? We throw a parade to celebrate this victory. Is she having some sort of psychosis or something? (laughs) She's just blacked out. She's just running on cruise control this whole time. So this is them returning. Ah! Sabine uh, takes off her helmet and then just chucks it off. I want to do say something here. There's a continuity error and I got a real problem with it. When they flew away, Sabine was not wearing her TIE fighter pilot helmet because they showed her face crying after the explosion. She is wearing the helmet when they land. So at some point during that time, she ran. She felt unsafe. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to be one of those fans that like microscopes it. You know, I don't want to be. I don't want to be considered stupid. Yeah. So I want to point those things out. Don't disrespect us, Dave Filoni. Yeah, don't disrespect us. We know what's going on there. We know that she didn't have the helmet on. You need to explain that to us. You need to connect those dots for us. <laughs> I can't connect the dots. I need to see it on screen because I need that for good storytelling. Don't insult me with your inaccuracies. Yeah. Strong. Sabine. Kid. What's going on? Kanan's gone. What do you mean, gone? Like, captured? No! He's gone. Seb gives him a hug. We see Chopper roll over to Hera, who's just kind of looking at the sunset, and she's crying. And Chopper does this cute little thing where he takes his little nub out. It is adorable. He, yeah. He grabs her hand with his little claw. Yeah, and they hold hands. and Um... Yeah, I don't know. Like, all I could think of when Zeb hugged him, I was like, God, I feel bad for Zeb. Yeah. Not only that, he has to think about how much he stinks as he's holding on and embracing <laughs> as Because as we know, Zeb's got the funk, man. He does. We've talked about Zeb's funk. Uh-huh. Very stinky funk. Um, Every now and then, like, I forget that I have a dog living in the house. And so, like, when I'm out of the house for, like, four or five hours or whatever, I come back and just like, oh, man. <laughs> you got a funk dog. <laughs> got to get you a bath today. Um. But yeah, so Price is just out of her fucking mind here, thinking that this throwing a parade, like, what is the point? 
Well, I don't know if like she's just delusional. She's or, delusional. Or if she knows she fucked up and she's just trying to like, grab onto the one positive to come out of this. It's just so funny. Like her first thought is, we'll throw a parade. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> just God. Um, but yeah, I think Price is having some sort of uh, a, a mania or something. Like she's just not thinking. She just straight. might be like, if I pretend that everything is fantastic. Maybe I can get one over on him, and Thrawn will be thrilled, too. She's trying to pull a Costanza. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's trying to say, like, oh, I thought I was supposed to blow up the fuel reserves. And remember, Jerry, it's not a lie if you believe it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the route she's going. She's going to be like, yeah. I thought the Jedi was the top priority, yep. not the TIE Defender program. She's just going to try to gaslight the <laughs> entire Empire. Imagine... <laughs> Imagine 20 minutes of pr- the episode is just Price gaslighting Thrawn. She makes it all the way up to the ladder to Palpatine. And yeah. she's like, what is going on here? Yeah. What's your guys' problem? This is horrendous Price rise <laughs> to literally like next in line of like command of the entire empire. is just gaslighting everybody along the way and then kissing Palpatine's ass. Yep. That'd be an incredible. Watching Thrawn like a chiss who probably hasn't had like experience with like a pathological liar just gassing like i don't maybe they probably has i'm yeah. sorry but you know it would just be funny from him from like an alien perspective watching a human gaslight him. just in bewilderment not just knowing the, what to do with it j- i guarantee you this is the way to defeat thrawn you, you <laughs> make him question his own sanity <laughs> yeah make him <laughs> but just with wild consistency yes. with wild consistency and fervor like <laughs> yeah. you believe the lie and then it becomes the truth to thrawn yeah and he's just his whole world is blown away he just melts down it does seem i did write down it does seem to encapsulate like american american arrogance when it comes to foreign policy like perfectly like exactly doing that like like losing everything by finding like one little positive and like we're gonna throw a parade well the the famous mission accomplished banner (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) mission accomplished that goes on for 15 more fucking years. Happy anniversary. And kills millions. <laughs> what a... De- just depressing. <laughs> just depressing. I forgot what interview it was, but during after his presidency, after after Obama got in and George W. Bush like stepped down, there was some interview he did post-presidency where they asked him, like, what's your one... Do you have one particular regret? Your biggest regret of your presidency... And he, like, paused for a beat, and he was like, yeah, that banner that said Mission Accomplished, that prob- that wasn't a great move. <laughs> like, he admitted he was like, probably not a great idea. Man, I I can't. I was having a conversation with my stepmom one time, and I, w- I brought that up. I was like, like there's, I think we were talking about, like, what a just war is or something. And I was like, this really hasn't been a just war for a very long time. And then I brought up, I was like, Iraq, I mean, we just killed millions of people for no reason. That had nothing to do with that. had nothing to do with anything for no reason. Um, and she was just like, well, there was good intentions there. And I was just blown away by that. I was, what intentions? I don't care if there was good in, you want to bring democracy or whatever. <laughs> like, tell that to the million people that died. They're just trying to live their fucking lives. It's so gross. Yeah. Good intentions. There's no good intentions in war. Like, like, what are you fucking talking about? Well, it was well intended. What, you think you're just going to roll in and invade a sovereign country? Isn't there a, a phrase that says the path to hell is paved with good, good intentions? intentions. <laughs> yeah. 
it was probably like an Episcopalian that said that. Though, oh, so sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Subscribe to that idea. No, but it's just it was mind blowing to me. Like that. I don't care what your fucking intentions were. It's it's the result of your actions. Like I, the the mental gymnastics that you're doing here to try to justify something that's unjustifiable. One thing I'll hand to him, though, he did look cooler in that fighter pilot outfit than, than Trump did. Than Trump did. Oh, God, I mean. <laughs> Trump is literally like an egg. He's like an egg human. He's Dr. Robotnik. I almost, he has like the high up pants and he's just a ball. I went to like a swap meet or I was at some like some uh, like city festival or something and they had a big flea market and they had like a, a sixth scale like big like G.I. Joe of George W. Bush in the flight suit, and oh I came God. so close to buying it. Mission accomplished, man. Mission yeah. accomplished. Um, okay, um, so, um, yeah, Zeb, here's the bad news. Price is just clearly <laughs> just deranged. Um, it should be noted that Hera's holding onto her calicori in her other hand. Um, it's a very somber moment for Hera. Um, it's very sad. sad. Yeah, it's a sad scene. Um, so... Um, they get back to the base and we see Matt, Mart, Mart, Matt, Mart, Matt, and he's on radio duty. This guy is just like his current duty. They're like, all we can trust Mart with is to tune the radio. That's what they got Mart doing. So he's tuning the radio and there's like this imperial announcement. He's turning them knobs. Yeah, he's turning the knobs. I paid $50,000 to learn to turn some fucking knobs. Remember that? Yep. Yeah. Nothing but buttons and turning knobs. But Mart Matlin went to Brown. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, so he's on radio duty, and the Empire's making this announcement, like, to celebrate this victory, we are throwing a parade, blah, blah, blah. And so everybody's ejected, and Ryder Zadi hops in, he's like, we need a plan, like, we we need to do something here. And Her he's like, General Sindula, and she just kind of, like, walks by despondent, just completely shattered. Um, Sabine and Zebard's like, well, if the Empire's going to throw a party, we're going to go crash it. I do, I do kind of, like... I don't know. I can, real. I can see both sides of this. Like, Harry just lost one of the closest people to her in her life. Like, yes. I can understand how she's despondent, but at the same time, Ryder Azadi is like, "You're our commander. Like, we yeah. we're kind of adrift. Like, we need direction." Like, well, from a uh, you know, like militarily, like her demeanor here is like not good. Yeah, it's, it's like, like we still there's a, still yeah. a war going on. Like, like we're we signing need rates to... and things like yes. this, you know, and we're in an active war with this empire. Like you have to make decisions, personal feelings aside of how you're feeling. But yeah. I don't know. It's it's like guerrilla warfare. So in a sense, like, I don't you know, I I didn't really. I don't, I I would I totally am on Harris' side with this. Like yeah, of course, fuck yeah. this shit. Like let me sit down for a minute. <laughs> you know. We're in these caves in the southern hemisphere of fucking Lafal. Let me just chill for a minute. Um, but yeah, she, she's just despondent. Sabine and Zeb, though, they're um, they want revenge, so they're gonna go rogue and just like I don't know. They're just driving towards Lafal City and they're gonna do something. Figure to the something out. Figure something out. Um, Ryder's like, we need a plan. Blah blah blah. Like, and Ezra's like, it's over. Like it's just over. And Ezra wanders off. And Ryder's like, yeah, I guess it's over. Ezra's just lost. Ezra's just lost. He doesn't know what to do. And I think, does Ezra say it's over? I know Ryder says it's over. Like, this appears to be the breakup of the rebellion on Lothal. Yeah. This is the Beatles calling it quits. Um, and, yeah, Ryder does say there's nothing we can do. It's over. Um, so, we do see uh, Ezra next. And he goes out and he just, like, 
props up by a conch and sits by this field of wheat. He's overlooking the wheat. Yeah, he's trying to commune with Aqualush Bowl for <laughs> guidance. Um, and he just starts talking to Kanan out loud. He's just like, this wasn't supposed to happen, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I can't remember exactly what he said. So but something like, I'm not prepared. I'm not ready for this, yeah. Um, and it's at this point that a loth wolf shows up behind him. The white loth wolf shows up behind him and is kind of aggressive, like growling and... You know, and Ezra's like, hey, really coming hot. Yeah, I know. I miss him, too. This and that. Yeah. So Ezra then takes off running because the two other gray wolves show up and they're all growling at him. These guys are really temperamental. Yeah. How much do they like Ezra or don't like Ezra? I mean, I guess they don't have like, you know, they can't vocalize emotions and what what should be be doing done. So they they have like two modes like we can be mad at you or we can like carry you somewhere. Um, Yeah. So Ezra takes off running into the wheat. He thinks he loses him for a second, but then the white lawful forget it's like a velociraptor in Jurassic Park 2, just like they're like <laughs> ten times his size. I know. They're taking big strides. They're really lucky he didn't decide to whip out the lightsaber and defend himself because I you know, these they're powerful beasts, but I gotta imagine a lightsaber of the noggin's not gonna yeah, treat yeah. them very well. Um but yeah, so they eventually just knock him down. Um and he's just laying there knocked out in this field of wheat. Um, so we're going to get back to Lethal City in our next scene. It's going to be our next clip. Uh, Thrawn has hollowed into Price and again, Price is doing her damnedest yeah. to try to pull the wool over yeah. his eyes. The party's over. Let's take a listen. So you lost here at Singular, yet you hold the parade. Explain yourself, Governor Price. A celebration of our victory over the rebels, Grand Admiral. As for General Sindula, I have something better. It's true, then. But the Jedi's death came at a cost, did it not? Did you really believe that holding a parade would hide the fact that you destroyed our entire fuel supply? In defeating Kanan Jarrah's, you have accomplished what the rebels failed to, and given them a victory, the operation of Othal, my TIE Defender project, has been compromised. Grand Admiral, I... I will deal with you when I return. Governor. With their leader gone, the remaining rebels will flounder, the boy especially. Use that against them, Rook. Expect them to strike out recklessly, and when they do, eliminate them. That Thrawn man, he called it. He did call it. Strike out recklessly. Um, and they're lost, like especially the boy. Yeah, or him saying that about Ezra. Yeah. Rook does seem to take a lot of like pleasure in watching Price get reamed out. Yeah, kind of. I think Price has always treated Rook. I mean, she's seemed to have come to like a working agreement with him recently. But I remember when Rook was first assigned, she looked at him with great disgust. Yeah. Well, I wonder if it's that like imperial, like looking down on other Probably. species. Yeah. Very specious yeah. of them. Um, yeah, so uh, we get back to uh, the Rebels base, and Hera's in the barbershop. I've, I'm calling this cave the barbershop now. <laughs> I didn't realize that his ponytail was, was still, still sitting there. on the little table. <laughs> he left yeah. it. Once I saw that, I burst out laughing. I'm going to laugh so hard <laughs> if we see Jason and Ahsoka carrying that thing around like a rabbit's foot. <laughs> it's just on a keychain yeah. for the ghost. <laughs> she has it hanging on the rearview mirror. Did you see that? She does have a picture of Kanan. I on saw the that. Dash. I didn't yeah. know if it was confirmed or not. It just looks like yeah, his yeah, outline, yeah. kind of. So, um, 
I wouldn't be surprised if we get a hollow of him or something. The big mural, some I could, I didn't go back to the last episode, but the big mural that Kanan cut his hair in front of has a huge crack in it. And I couldn't, I didn't remember if that was there before Kanan died or if it was like new this episode. I have no idea. We'll have to look it up. I did look at some of the wall art. We'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, so she's in the barbershop, as we call it. And then just sitting there is Kanan's old mask. You know, because he was blind. Remember, he was blind, apparently. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was blind. Um, and also, the the knife that he used to cut his hair and his ponytail is still sitting there. The other hair he must have just swept aside. It's only the ponytail. He didn't leave, like, you know, you get a haircut. The you got sh- yeah, yeah, the yeah. shavings and stuff. Do you think he showered after that haircut? <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> it did seem patchy, so. Yeah. He did have an itchy neck that yeah, entire exactly. episode. Yeah, exactly. Having an itchy neck. I'd hate to go down with an itchy neck. <laughs> Wouldn't that suck? That or maybe it was just sweet relief. Yeah. Like, oh, thank Christ. I don't have to deal with that anymore. That's how he decided, okay, it's time for me to have my <laughs> all for one moment. <laughs> I gotta apologize to Mo because I only played all for one for Kanan once last week, and he definitely deserved. He deserved it more a than lot that. more. But we just took an interesting break, and like after that scene, I just felt drained, and I didn't even think of it. Yeah, you know, it was just a sad scene. Um, but yeah, he did have his all for one moment. Now it's all for one. Okay. Um. So, um, we get to. Uh, or actually, we're gonna have our next clip. This is Hera, kind of ruminating on things and you know one of the things Hera is sad about is that she took so long to tell Kanan that she loved him and she kept putting off like their romance for the rebellion and she's really regretting that in this moment so uh, let's take a listen to the next clip so you lost that is not the clip why did I wait so long to tell him just I thought there would be more time you don't understand if I had listened to Canaan he would be alive He said starting a war was a mistake, and he was right. He was right, and now he's gone. And it's my fault. I was the one who was blind. The Calicori. Kanan found it. In the middle of everything else going on, he knew how much this meant to me. He rescued me and my family history. You're right. No one deserves that honor more than Kanan. Well, I don't speak astromech. But I think uh, what Chopper was saying is put him on the calicory. Yeah. yeah. Kanan gets a bead. Kanan does get a bead in this Beads? Episode. Good beads. <laughs> um, yeah, so Kanan's going on the calicory, which is like the highest honor yeah. in like a Twilight family. Like that's uh, 
He's he's part of the Sindula clan. Yep. I did look it up. The crack was there when Kanan cut his hair too. Yeah. Um Did you see a did you see a broom or anything? No, I didn't see a broom. No. I'm really curious about those other shavings. Where did they all go? And he wasn't wearing a cape either, so Yeah, he didn't put the cape over. Nope. And he did go with, with a little shoulders. piece of t- tissue paper. Oh, man, I bet when those hairs singed as the fire engulfed him, he was just like, ah, take that. I win. Sweet relief. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you go to a haircut and you get a little bit in your shirt, and you're just like, man, I wish I could be burned alive right now. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? For a second, you contemplate just driving your car off a bridge on yeah. your drive home. He's <laughs> itch. Um, okay, <clears throat> so uh, we get to Sabine and Zeb, and they're kind of scouting the parade. Um, Sabine doesn't really notice it, but Zeb notices, like, hey, these factories aren't blowing any smoke here. I mean, that's unheard of. Like, the Empire doesn't shut down for anybody. They don't give days off. Sabine was the one that was like, well, maybe, maybe they're all at the parade, and then Zeb was like, no, the Empire doesn't give days off. There's yeah. no PTO in the Empire. No. Um... And so uh, we then get to Ezra quick, and he wakes up in a field of wheat at night. Um, and he's the wolves aren't anywhere to be found, and he just starts heading back to base. Um, he doesn't really know where base is yet. That comes into play here in a second. Um, so we just see Ezra getting up and walking back to base. We get back to Zeb and Sabine, and they've gone down to the one highway that leads into Lothal City. So in, I'm curious. So I'm assuming the parade is going to be like Bastille Day or something like that, where it's a very big military parade. I don't think they're throwing yeah. candy from the ATDPs. Yeah. But also, parades suck, right? I'm not alone in my thinking that. Never got it. Yeah. I don't get it. It is strange. And we don't have many parades around here because if you didn't hear me earlier, our, our sports teams fucking suck. People lose their fucking minds over parades sometimes. I will say if the Vikings won a Super Bowl or the Timberwolves won a championship or the Twins won a World Series. Oh, yeah, I guess that would be fun. I would go. Sure. I'd be so drunk that I'd probably be like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. I get the parade when you really don't. But, yeah, parades suck. But I'm pretty sure this was like forced attendance for like all. <laughs> Oh, like they're held they, at gunpoint. They literally said it's attendance is mandatory. Yeah. Like, see the one guy that stayed in the house. Yeah. You know. Um, but, <laughs> oh, we're, we have to execute him. Why? He didn't go to the parade. Let me see a stormtrooper just shelling out some Jolly Ranchers. Yeah. Now, so, but what that does mean, since there's so much focus on this parade, is that security is light around the perimeter of the city. And so there's just this lone scout trooper sitting there, and uh, Zeb and Sabine go down there and just take him out. Um, they knock him out, and... It does play into it later, but I was like, I'm surprised they just knocked him out and left him. Yeah. I assumed that Zeb was going to rip his head off or, like, get really enraged. Yeah. And that comes into play a little later. A little later, and I honestly, I got to tell you, not a fan of letting him go. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a... Eh. But yeah, so they take out the scout trooper, and then Sabine hacks into the Imperial database there, and she finds that the TIE factory has been shut down. Of course it's shut down. There's no fuel. You can't, can't do the war machine without the fucking power. What are you doing here? So see if the Empire would have switched yeah. to, to renewables yeah. a lot sooner, they wouldn't have this problem. Yeah. You know, if you had 50 windmills, you know, instead of a highly combustible material that you're relying if on. Palpatine could have got his Green New Deal passed. Yeah. There's a hell of a package that he put forth there. 
Who do you think would be the dissenters on a Green New Deal package in the in in the Star Wars universe? Well, Bale and Moth are the ones that are holdouts yeah. for fossil fuels. There, there I, I could see a lot of pushback coming uh-huh. from planets that rely heavily on their fossil fuel trade. Interesting stuff. I would be curious, though, like which planets would be just like... <laughs> Who's the Joe Manchin yeah. <laughs> of the Imperial Senate? Who's the guy that's teetering that line? <laughs> um, but yeah, so the parade, they come to conclusion, this is just a ruse. Like, Kanan actually, he didn't... The, this isn't over. Kanan saved our ass. Like, this is He huge. completed the mission. He completed the mission. And so the parade is just a ruse. Like, they quickly figure that out and, you know... The people in the city must know, like, this whole thing's burning down. Um, (laughs) It's a giant plume of smoke in, like, in the city, like, the downtown area. It seems like people would be like, what the fuck is going on here? And all the factories are completely quiet. Um, We get back to Ezra, and he's just wandering the wheat fields, and he's lost. Um, He ends up playing the Lothalian version of Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Moe. I can't remember what it was. I should have wrote it down, but he just... It was Lothrat, Lothcat, Lothwolf, Run. Loth, Lothcat? No, Lothrat, Lothcat, Lothwolf, Run. Yep. No respect for the Lothbat. No. The Completely left Lothbat. out. Lothbat. Completely left out of the rhyme. Right there in the rhyme. I haven't... Have we seen a Lothrat? I don't Are you know. sure it wasn't Lothbat? I'm pretty sure it was Lothrat. You heard the R. With the subtitles. Okay. I don't know. Maybe we'll get introduced to some Loth rats here. Maybe we'll see one of those little Loth cats it's, attacking a Loth It's rat. just a rebranded Womp Rat. That's oh, it what is? it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's how he chooses the direction in which to go. Um, we get back to the scout trooper. He comes to, and he's being sniffed by Rook, and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> when he wakes up, it's kind of funny. Ah! <laughs> sorry, sir. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so Rook is picking up the scent. Um, Sabine and Zeb have gone off and they've gotten some distance after all this because obviously they found out like, oh, well, mission is actually completed. Let's get back to base. But they end up spying on this as the guy comes to and they end up taking an eye on Rook. Um, and it is going to be our next clip. <laughs> Sabine had planted some bombs How on the bikes, blew them up. Well, he wanted to send a message. I can do better than... Wait. I think they can do what better than blowing up a speeder bike. Yeah. Well, it's what? Let me they see. Look, they, they spot Rook wandering around the scene here. Uh, looks like a baby rancor. Wait a minute. Ezra told us about that thing. You're right. I remember now. When we were recovering the hyperdrive, that thing came sniffling over to us. Because you smell. Ah! It looked right at me. Did it see you? <laughs> I don't know. Well, look and see. He's looking at binoculars. They're quite He's a got distance. Creepy away. eyes. Oh, give me those. Oh boy, it's coming this way. What? Oh, let me see. Uh, you're right. And the closer it gets, the uglier it gets. But. But what? At least it's alone. What do you mean? I mean, we can even the score. They took Kanan from us. We take something from them. I agree with you. Only because we can't let it track us back to base. Now, since we outnumber it, let's use that to our advantage. Alright, so they're heading off. They're going to go to like a good battle zone area. 
Why isn't Rook running like he did in the first time we saw him? You remember when he was doing the, like, cheetah, like, once maybe he's cocky now that, now that Kanan's gone, maybe he's cocky. That could be. Because um, we know he's faced Kanan. Um, Harris kicked his ass a little bit, too. Yeah. But he is competent. He is very competent. Um, so I'm going to do something a little bit out of the ordinary for how we normally do clips. So the Ezra stuff, I combined into one big clip. And so let's talk about the Rook fight, and then we'll just... Because they break up, and they intersperse yes. between the two. Yep. But I think what we're really looking for to discuss is probably going to be the Doom sure. stuff. So I'll just talk about the fight. So uh, Rook arrives, and he, and he and Zeb both break out their bows. Zeb's got his bow, his Lasat bow. Uh, Rook breaks out his bow. Um, they start fighting a bit with the bows. A little back and forth, good fight. Rook and, is formidable. Yes, he is. Um, Sabine then jumps in. She's like, I don't feel like playing fair today. And so she starts attacking. And Rook then is like, I don't feel like playing fair either. And he hits this thing. And he just turns into, like, the Predator. He's got the uh, Metal Gear Solid stealth camouflage. Yeah, but he's like the Predator. It, I think that's what they were going for was, like, the Predator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the vibe he's got when he's moving is very Predator-like. So he's, you can kind of see his outline, but he's... It, I don't know. I think they just do that for the benefit of the audience yes. as opposed to what Zeb is actually yep. seeing because he's just swinging wildly and missing. Um, but, yeah, so he goes full Predator. Uh, Sabine can't hit him either. They're both going back and forth, kind of getting their ass kicked here. Uh, they cut back to uh, Ezra, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But then we get back to the fight, and Sabine ends up planting this paint bomb on Rook. After she kind of engaged him in a little melee, she ends up getting this paint bomb on it is, It is for a split second because she kind of like puts... It looks like a thermal detonator, like a magnetized one. It's like a and half thermal detonator. And it's detonator. like on the back of his neck. I thought his head was going to explode I thought for like his, half a second. I thought he was going to be disintegrated. <laughs> I thought it was like a normal charge. I would have loved it. <laughs> it would have been so funny. Um, but yeah, so uh, she puts this paint bomb on him and ignites it, and then sure enough, it he's just covered in this mustard orangish paint. And Zeb then tackles him, drives him into a uh, conch, and then pummels him mercilessly. Just he, he's gonna kill the guy if he keeps going. He's, and he's like, dead this already. Is, this Stop. is poor Kanan. Yeah. When Homer's beating the hell out of that, he's already <laughs> dead. dead. <laughs> it's that little Hamburglar guy at Krusty Burger. That's <laughs> <laughs> such a great scene. <laughs> oh my god, that was such a good show for man. Um, but yeah, Sabine then like stops Zeb, and she's like Zeb. He's like, what? I thought you wanted to get even. She's like, yeah, I do, but not this Zeb, way. Zeb does scream like something along the lines of like, this is for Kanan. Yeah. As he's like almost crushing the guy's skull. I got to tell I'm at the point, though, with this where it's like, yes, kill them. Yes. Kill them. Yeah. Nothing Stop. will be they good. Would, he would not afford you that. Nothing good can be done with like leaving him alive. And so. The plan that they have is Sabine. You see them before they cut back to Ezra. You see Sabine take out and she just starts tagging him, like spraying him. They show from the perspective of looking up at them. And she starts tagging him. And so she basically gives him like clown paint. It is so funny. It reminded me of Oncart. It is so funny. Remember Oncart? Yeah, I remember. But it, it, it went from Zeb almost turning his head into mashed potatoes to wacky cl clown paint in like one minute flat 
Like if if not thirty seconds, it went from Zeb almost bashing his brains in to like him pulling up in wacky clown. Was paint. there any consideration to taking him as like a prisoner of war? Yeah, interrogating him. Yeah, learning about him. I, it's wild me. So yeah, what they do is, she tags him up like a clown, and they put him on a speeder with a homing beacon and just send him back. <laughs> I don't know what the homing beacon is for either. <laughs> yeah. You know where he's going. Yeah. You know where their bases are in like that's where he's going. That's no real mystery. Yeah. And so I could understand if maybe if it's like a chip or something that's going to record audio or something to get some information. But I don't really know what the point is here. Why aren't you taking him hostage? It's befuddling to me. Why aren't you killing him? <laughs> Taking them hostage and then killing him is another. That's probably the optimal route here for yes. the rebels. <laughs> but I don't know, man. I mean, they did deal the Empire a massive blow. I mean, really, all things considered right now, like they're winning the war on Lethal. Like that was a massive victory for them. Yes, it was. And it, like we know that from like what we heard of Tarkin. Because Tarkin was basically talking about like, it's a fucking toss-up between this TIE Defender program yeah. and and Krennic's Death Star. Yeah. And Tarkin said, like, I don't want to see Krennic successful. I want the, I want the Defender program to work. And who knows what like, he's saying to Krennic. But. Right, exactly. But, like, it's still, like, he's hedging his bets, and it does not look good that this happened. Very, yeah. Um, so that's that. Um, so... It should be said, while this is going on, it's interspersing between the stuff that we're going to talk about next and the fight. So I think it was better to just get the fight out of the way, and now we can just focus yep. on like the real stuff here. So uh, we get to Ezra. He's waking up, and he's being sniffed by a loth wolf. And he immediately, I noticed when he's first sniffed, woken awake by the sniff, he goes, Kanan. You know, like, you know, and he thinks it's Kanan for a second. I don't know if Kanan awoke him plenty of times by sniffing him. but <laughs> <laughs> And he gets introduced to this new wolf, this new powerful wolf. It is a giant guy. Definitely the biggest of the wolves. Um, this is your alpha wolf in the Loth Wolf clan here. So it's going to be like a three-minute clip. Um, I sparse two clips together, um, and it's going to set up where we're going from here in the next episode. So uh, let's take a listen to our next clip. Kanan? The wolves were chasing me! Why? I, I didn't mean to run. I I just I, I feel lost without my master. He was wise and brave. And he cared. He was there for me when no one else was. There was so much more I needed to learn from him. I am afraid, alright? I'm afraid. Everything seems so hopeless now. Fight. 
How? Together. Stone Where placed at his feet by one of the wolves. Jedi Temple. Accidentally led the Empire to the Jedi Temple. We escaped, but they captured it. Danger. Well, then the Empire is still there. Secrets within. Secrets? What secrets? What else is inside the temple? Knowledge. Destruction. Ahsoka said we'd find knowledge in the Sith temple on Malachor. But we were wrong. That's when everything changed. Restore. Past. Redeem. Future. How? How do I do this? Tell me! No! 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 Okay, so you, you, the the wolf appears to be like he's going to chomp Ezra, but instead of chomping him, Ezra just wakes up in the wheat. The thing is truly gigantic. It's massive. Yeah, it's at least four times the size of the other lot. Yes. Um, and, yeah, but when he wakes up in the field of wheat... He does have the um, the stone, the tablet um, that was given to him by the wolf, um, by the was it the white wolf that dropped it, or was it one of the gray ones? I thought it was in front of the giant one, but it could have been one of the white. Yeah, it was, a, but he didn't drop it to him. It was one of the other oh. smaller wolves that dropped it to him. Regardless, he has this tablet, and so um, he meets Doom, the wolf. Now we do remember the light, the white loft wolf approaching Kanan and saying doom to him and that's that's his real last name his name is Caleb doom so I mean this is just the spirit of Kanan living in this wolf now are we we can assume I'm assuming that um I looked up in the Wikipedia article the voice it just says the force as doom oh IMDB says something IMDB says Freddie Prince yes junior um, you big Freddie Prince Senior guy? <laughs> no, no, okay. Big Gun the Junior, you big Junior guy? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm under the impression that like, Kanan had mentioned to Hera like we always end up back on Lafal, this and that. He always has like a special connection there. Finding Ezra there, Kanan believes that wasn't by luck or chance. It was the Force willed it. And yeah, I think that is Kanan's presence in there trying to guide Ezra one last time and I, I, it's pretty cool when you think it's about a hell it of a way, way for him to be like don't run like you yeah you got it like yeah. don't run anymore you don't need to be scared but I think Kanan ultimately probably loses himself to the beast you know like yeah. I it's interesting because we see loth wolves and they're thought to be extinct right mm-hmm. but do we see doom running around not in this episode yeah I don't know I don't know. We'll see as we get further in. But, yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, that's Kanan for all intents and purposes. So, uh, I thought it was a pretty cool scene. I liked how they did it. Um, 
I thought the build up to it and then losing Kanan and then seeing this new wolf introduced to us with the name of Doom. Pretty cool. I liked it. It's a unique dynamic that I wasn't uh, really expecting when I watched it the first time. So Yeah, things get real trippy. Yeah, it is trippy. Uh huh. Filoni loves himself this loves himself like a magic mushroom trip, you know? He's <laughs> Yeah. Uh who wrote the episode of Book of Boba Fett where they get where they huff that plant, that cactus? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Who wrote that? Oh god. Was that a Filoni episode? It must have been. Man, Filoni's just painting crazy pictures. Say where he takes the branch and he makes a gaffy stick out of that thing too. I think so. Oh, that scene lasted like fifteen minutes of just him <laughs> whittling. Love a good whittle. Yeah. Must whittle. Um, yeah. So, uh, Kanan is offering some. I I, I just kind of curious about like how present is Kanan there in that mind? Like, I, well, and I can't remember if it was Doom or someone else. I think it was Doom that says restore the past to redeem the future. Yeah. So, like, and especially with the tablet there, it is, like, kind of Kanan talking about trying to, you know, the the future can be whatever you make it. So don't continue on this path of vengeance and, like, try to, yeah, you know, make the most out of his death. Yeah. But I also think it's Kanan reminding him that, like, you have people. Yeah. And you'll be okay. Because he did say when he screams out loud before the waffle show up, he's like, I wasn't ready for this. Yep. You know, and so I think this is Kanan nudging him one last time. Like, it's crazy fine. that he's so sassy with such a gigantic beast. Yeah. Ezra does this thing where he gets sassy for half a second and then he cries. Yeah. You yep. know, he did it to Zeb earlier. <laughs> what do you mean? God. <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> he does it all the time. It's nuts. I wonder if they'll incorporate that into the live action as well. <laughs> it would be very funny. The sassy cry. Yep. <laughs> he gets so sassy that you end up crying. He starts yelling at Ahsoka and yeah. then immediately breaks down. Yeah. Gets four words out. And before you know it, he goes from angry to crying. Um, but yeah, so Ezra wakes up with this tablet. How awesome would it be to see Bendu hanging out with that giant wolf? Do you think Bendu and Kanan having a conversation? They must have. Yeah. Like he's just sitting there going doom and then bender's just ah ah yes <laughs> ah yes from a deep slumber <laughs> god he fucking rules i miss that fucking he's the guy. best part of season three. Oh god the fucking hero of season three um but our final clip is going to bring us to the end of the episode um we see Hera adding uh canaan he gets a little pendant on the Calicori, not a pendant, a little... It's a little triangle. Uh, uh, like I wrote my notes. I was like, where the fuck should you get the triangle from? Yeah. It's like a little dreidel. It looks good. Yeah. I like it. I want to get... I should go on Etsy and see if they have a Calicori. Do you think someone's oh, created one? Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it make. I wonder if you can play it like a you know like a percussion instrument <laughs> yeah. too. It's like that. Flack, it, flack, flack, flack. it was in uh in music class in elementary school. You always wanted to get that drum that you spun with yeah. the little beads. The that little would beads. Hit it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really tough to master that drum. Uh-huh. It's fun to spin it, and you're just kind of wildly hitting it. But e- to really keep a rhythm, that's easy tough. To, easy yeah. to play, tough to master. Yes. Yep. Um. And then also, um, the ghost crew is going to reunite, and Ezra is going to show up with this tablet. So it's going to bring us to the end of the episode. So let's take a listen. For Kanan, so he'll always be remembered as a part of my family. You know, Chop, despite all his misgivings about the rebellion, he always believed we could change things. That's what I'll miss the most that when none of us could find the answer, 
Kanan could. And always in the most unexpected way. Jedi Knight, Kanan, Jonathan. Hera? Hera? Was your mission a success? No, but yours was. The TIE Defender factories have shut down. We didn't fail, Hera. Kanan made sure of it. In their attempt to destroy us, the Empire blew up their own refinery. They have no fuel for the factories. Their entire production line has stopped. Then we have a chance. We can still beat them. And I know what our first mission is. The Jedi Temple is in danger. And we're the only ones who can do anything about it. Cooking with gas in season four. I did write down, probably not where, where Hera would have started. No. Like, she was like, we could finally do something about this. And then Ezra comes out of nowhere. He's yeah. like, the Jedi Temple's in trouble. Let's go, guys. Now, uh, minor spoiler for Ahsoka series. So if you want to skip ahead a minute. But I find that interesting because we see Hera in this episode this week where she's like, now Jason hears something. He has abilities, you know, like he can. And she really has come to embrace like the more, um, you know, the force, mystical, the mystical side of things, the the unexplainable side of things. Like she understands being around Ezra and Kanan to trust these types of intuitions. So when Jason tells her, like, I feel something down there. Don't you hear it? Don't you hear it? Like, she takes notice, and you can contrast that, you know. But, so as somebody who has been around Force users, she really has a grasp on it. Um, so, uh, but that's the episode. Ends there. Um, leaves us with that. So we're going to head to the Jedi Temple, which is, you know, if you know Tom, you know love. He loves Force lore. <laughs> Get me there, baby. Yeah, huff that lore, huff that slop into my fat, stupid head. <laughs> Fucking slop. Why do they always call it slop? It's always slop, gruel, or slurry. I'll take some gruel. Yeah, I like this slop. This is good slop. If this is slop, yeah, give me some more. Slop it up. Uh huh. Yeah. This is like a, a fucking double chicken bowl of Chipotle with a bunch of sour cream. Yeah, It's very good. Okay, uh, what does IMDb give Doom? IMDb is giving Doom in 8.2. Okay, I, I think there is a noticeable dip in this episode from the previous one because the previous one was full fucking sweet, but I think it was an expected dip. Um, the one thing I took umbrage with was letting Rook go just to paint him up. <laughs> Not... You know, I love how they in a song like Commander Sabine Wren. It's like she let one of these fucking prison like the a, a maniac go. <laughs> Maybe now he's yeah. gonna find his calling and join the circus. I would like it to see him do some Oncart tricks with Oncart. That would be cool. They do have similar face paint. Uh -huh. Um if you don't know who Oncart is, it's <laughs> he's a Gamorrean from that weird episode of the Clone Wars where those like little it's, pad ones are lost nuts. in the desert. <laughs> you remember that whole thing? That show is like a fever dream <laughs> to me, man. Hondo's all drunk. Oh, my God, dude. I love that show. <laughs> it know. is a really fun show. It is bonkers. Yeah. Um, okay, so an 8.2 on IMDb. Yes. I. It's a dip down. What, I give a 9.5 last yep. year or I give it a 10? 9.5. Okay, I'm going to go with a 8.5 8 on 5. this one. There's, like, that. that, you know, I... 
I don't understand letting Rook go. Um, also, just I don't know. You're just kind of mentally drained after the last one, so this yeah. one doesn't just hit as hard. Like it was a necessary episode to show people processing this loss. Um, I am glad that we had a weak buffer. If yeah. I did watch it, and it was like right after the last one, deflating. Yes. Yeah. But no, I, I I did enjoy it. I think it's a great episode, but it's just it's uh, not as great as last week for me. Same deal. I went a solid eight. Solid eight. Um, yeah, more building, but just not as uh, epic as the previous episode. But still very important. Yeah. Um, overall, very fun. I did like the predator part of the fight. I thought that was a cool little. And Sabine, we didn't mention it. She does use like a thermal thing in her in her helmet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That to to view him thermally and can kind of see him. It's very predator vibes. Very cool. Um, okay, so an 8.5 and an 8. Always look on the light side of life. Yada, da 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 da. All right, light side moment of the episode for me. I gotta go with night wheat. Night wheat. I love the vibes when Ezra wakes up and it's nighttime in the field of wheat. You can almost hear it. Yeah, you can almost hear the brain spilling out of Aqualush Bold. Not a sound. <laughs> Not a sound as the wind lightly blows in the fields of wheat and you hear the cries of Aqualush Bull. The pain groans of a massive orgasm as he <laughs> dies for eternity <laughs> and pines for Samir's wife for her sweet embrace unbeknownst to him samir has been killed on a motorbike so we know that Sab- samir is long gone yeah but samir's wife she Sabine still had the type of explosion that i was expecting from rook on when he got tagged <laughs> with that fucking thermal detonator yes. samir's gone yes yeah do you think she's wandering the samir's wife like- she is still with us correct yeah she's like a rebel yeah um I think it'd be great, though, like once she dies, if like her ghost wanders the fields of wheat on like the what summer solstice. Every, if she if made... it, they say you'll see the wandering ghost <laughs> on the summer solstice <laughs> looking for her lover, the Aqualush bull. <laughs> Just like a Lethal ghost story. Or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That'd be fun. Uh, yeah. But that's my uh, light side. Just like the vibes of night wheat. I love it. Great my, night wheat. My light side is right off the bat when Hera goes and sits by herself and shopper just without missing a beat. Yeah. Just wheels right up to her and just like grabs her hand silently with his little claw. Yeah. And then they show a tear roll. It's down a very her face. sweet moment. It's beautiful. Um, okay, so those are your light side moments. If you only knew the power of the dark side. Okay, dark side moment of the episode. Gotta go with letting Rook go. Not a fan of it. That's a that was just nah. There he, there's too much use for him there. I, I I he's a huge threat. He's a huge threat, and he may have important information. Really bit the dust on that when you biffed it, Sabine. You biffed it bad. Also, I, I think all things considered, it would have been better just let Zeb pummel him to death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you want Zeb going down that dark path, though. You know? Speaking of, my dark side is Zeb in full beast mode. Okay. Just, well, not necessarily just that, but just how quickly it changes for, from something so dark to just, like, wacky mode. Yes. Just, like, right from one to the other. It's the reverse Mike Lindell. Yeah. <laughs> Now, that video we played at the start, I had mentioned to Adam, like, I saw the part of the deposition where he was, like, dragging the judge and just, like, just not, she's a, you know, blah, 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 and, like, shitting on the judge that's presiding over this. 
But then Adam showed me the fucking... <laughs> the lawyer that called <laughs> yeah. his pillows lumpy. Yeah, and like you can see the rage level go up his, when you call it lumpy pillow. His face changes. Yeah. And so he clearly cares more about his pillow <laughs> brand than he does about the fact about ripping a federal judge while he's under deposition. I have had the thought, because, you know, my pillow, they have a huge presence at the state fair. They have a giant state fair store. They do? I didn't see it. Yeah. They also have stores in every mall in the Twin Cities. A lot of them have been shutting down, though. But, like, who? I've had the thought every time I walk by, like, what kind of person is still working at the My Pillow store? Just passionate about giving people a night's a good night's sleep and doesn't want to bring politics into it. I can't imagine that whoever works I I don't know, man. It's a job. You know, <laughs> yeah, people gotta work, you know. I don't know. But have you ever had a, have you ever tried a my pillow? No. It's just it's it's memory foam that's been like chopped up right that's all yeah it is. it's a yeah. shredded memory foam. some people would call that lumpy yeah <laughs> yeah that is actually kind of the definition of <laughs> yes. lumpy it's a bunch of chunks of memory foam that sounds lumpy to yeah. me you know before we move on i do want to point out uh i read in the wikipedia in the continuity section uh the part where zeb is like pummeling rook yeah and he says like this is for canaan yeah apparently originally zeb was supposed to say I have had enough of you. Okay. Which is a callback. Do you know to what? I have had enough of you. Um, I don't know. It's, it's ringing a bell, though. This would have been a reference to the film Star Trek Three: Search for Spock. Ah. When James T. Kirk has beaten his Klingon opponent, Krug. Played by? Do you know who it's played by? No. Look up the captain for Star Trek Three, the Klingon commander for Star Trek Three. Big time, big time get for Star Trek in that. He's great. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> he plays a great Klingon. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, we're brought to you by Irma's Finland House. Go to irmasfinlandhouse.com. Use the promo, use the promo code. code CloneCast. Get 10% off your order. We're still sitting at one fat order. We can get more. We can get more. We can do more. Um, okay, so those are your dark side moments of the episode. Thank you, Rex. Didn't see Rex here. Did we see him somewhere else? Oh, yeah. You gotta get it up. You gotta get it up. Cheap butter. Mandy. Mandy. Help me, Dennis Prager. I'm being canceled. Prager you. Let's put on. We should watch some Prager you videos. I was thinking about <laughs> oh that. Oh, my God. And review them. Well, we could pass high school in Florida then. Yeah. Do you think you could go right now? Do you think you could go back to high school and pass? Ooh, that is a tough question. I think certain subjects I'd be yes. fine. But there are, like, math class. I would. Uh, oh, yeah. It's over. Science, yep. over. Yep. Yeah. If we have a class where we talk about our emotions, I'd kill it. Absolutely. I'd do so good. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Mandate. Ball Brian, Gina Grand. You're fired. Gina Crown will come on the podcast. Help me, Dennis Brigger. being canceled. Okay. Dark Horse Hero of the episode. Um, I'm going to go with Yoda Wall Art. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so in Kanan's barbershop, there's like all this like writing on the wall, and there is a drawing on the wall that looks like Yoda. It's It's got the ears sticking out like... 
I don't know what species Yoda is. Nobody does. They don't have a name for it yet. But it looks like it's a drawing of Yoda's species. In The Mandalorian, I remember when Baby Yoda was introduced as a character. Yeah. That someone clipped that because it's like a little teeny Yoda next to another figure. And a lot of people like speculated on that speculated that that, that okay. was a reference or like so looking into the that future. drawing on the wall maybe grogu is what yes. you're saying interesting but yeah i just found it interesting that i was like oh that's a yoda yep. so yeah i'm going with yoda wall art what do you got i went with kanan's ponytail nice just because it, it brought some levity into yeah. an otherwise very sad moment yeah i really wonder what they're gonna do with that ponytail i need to see the ponytail you got to put it somewhere. You got to do something it's with it. It's on the ghost somewhere. Yeah. You're not going to throw that out, are you? you it's got that out. It's got to be one of those things that Hera takes and cherishes. Yeah. But then, like, I don't know, 25 years goes by and she opens up some drawer and she's like, oh, yeah. My, how long am I going to hold on to this yeah. thing? She's already married to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who do we think Hera marries next? In Aqualush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you're the best lover. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's your Dark Horse Heroes. Poor Jason's in the other the room. Episode. The other room of the ghost just hearing, <laughs> hearing his mom get beaten <laughs> down by an Aqualish. <laughs> it can't be a pretty sound. I mean, you've heard them. Yeah, of course. That's rough, man. Okay. All right. Anyways, let's the move Clone on. The Clone Cast presents... Power Rankings. Talk to me. Power ranking time. So what we're going to do here is Adam and myself, we're going to rank our three favorite characters, person, places, things, inanimate objects, whatever in the episode. We're going to rank them. Uh, first place gets three points. Second place gets two. Third place gets one. Then we add it up. We add it all up when things are said and done. Uh, we don't have time to go through them all, but there is plenty. But uh, let it be known that we really respect Weighted Blanket Lothcast. <laughs> um, and Brave Rider Zadi fashion choices. Um, but... Uh, we will be going through all of these in the uh, finale episode of the season. So, uh, Adam, who is your number one all-star Power Rank hero of this episode? My number one for Power Rankings this episode is Orson Krennic. Okay. Why? Because that guy's coming out like gangbusters after this fucking fiasco. I gotta say, though, I don't even think he's mentioned in this episode. No, but just the fact that the Tide Defender program had this big of a hit and how pissed Thrawn is. Orson has gone cloud fucking nine. Now you got Rogue One brain, don't you? I do. <laughs> okay. Look at him. <laughs> Look at Mendelssohn up there. Oh, The men? The yeah. Gold, the sun? With yeah. a stony leer. That is a pretty good find for, what did you pay, five bucks for that? It was like ten bucks. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, my number three power rank all-star of the episode. Hmm. Who could it be now? I'm going with Doom. Doom. Now that begs the question, though. Do we give those three points to Kanan Jarrus? Or do we not? Is Doom is We gotta do Doom form. We're going Doom form? Yep. So own separate thing. I'm going... Okay, we'll write down... May we can do parentheses. Doom form, three points. Um... It's not explicitly stated that it's Kanan, but it seems fairly obvious that it is. Yes. In some sort of way. How cognizant he is, who knows. Um, okay, Adam, who is your number two? 
Number two, I went brave, talkative, giant Lothwolf. Ooh. Or in other words, Doom. Doom. Doom's getting lots of points tonight. Big Doom guys over here. Um, so Doom form. Get five points. Doom form. <laughs> Love a good Doom form. Uh, my number two, Hera Cindela. Good uh, Love myself some Hera, and I'm glad she got her Calicori back. And really cool for her to put Kanan on there. And um, I don't know. The scene with Chopper was very heartwarming. And I don't know. Hera, once again, stealing the show whenever she's on the screen. Who do you got for number three? Uh, I went with uh, Aaron Boy Lothwolf. Aaron Boy Lothwolf. <laughs> the one Lothwolf. that was in charge of setting the tablet down next to, next to Ezra. Now, I, think I we couldn't have, tell which one. But. I think we have given... it's. It was the white one, I'm pretty sure. And I think we've given that one points before. Well, he's got some more. Well, I don't know. Let's just call... We'll call it separate. Sure. Yeah, we'll call it separate. We don't even know if that's the same Lothwolf. Maybe it's a different one. Um, okay. Uh, my number three. Oh, boy. This is going to be tough. But I'm going to go with Thrawn. Uh, I'm going to go with Thrawn for just calling that they would lash out. He's always got things figured out. Like, and he's a devious bastard, but he's good at what he does. And boy, is he pissed. And boy, is he pissed. Um, so, uh, Thrawn, the Grand Admiral, is getting a point from me. Okay, so no change at the top. Harris still in first. Ezra in second. Sabine in third. Conch Gal and Aqualush Bull rounding out the top four with 55 points. Here is Harris taking it at this point. I've... Hera is 97 points. Ezra has 71. How could she not? She's the best. Okay, so that is your power rankings. I beg your pardon, but what do you mean, naked? My parts are showing. My goodness. Oh. Oh. Dating Travis Kelsey, possibly now? I didn't know who that was. He's Dollar Store Rob Gronkowski. That's who he is. <laughs> he hosted Saturday Night Live, and it's like, you're not Gronk. But, like, the world needs a Gronk. The world has a Gronk-sized hole that it needs to fill since <laughs> Gronk some retired. some dumb football player that's yeah, but he's charismatic. Like, he's like John Cena dumb. His personality is very John Cena to me. Yeah. And it just, he's not Gronk, man. No one's Gronk. You can't she deserves Gronk. better, but you know what? She deserves Gronk. You know what? If that's filling her hole, yeah. more power to if her. If it leads to some good songs, sure, let's do it. Um, I do want to give a shout out to Heath the Russian. Um, Heath is going through a breakup right now. Oh, Heath. Um, so we love you, Heath. Uh, hang in there. Hang in there, man. It gets better, my friend. You know, eventually, just one day you look back and you don't even care. Yep. You don't even care. I don't care at all. I'm just wondering where I'm getting my next edible gummy from. <laughs> That's all I care about. Um, but yeah, so uh, shout out to Heath. Um, oh, and there is a Connellberg GoFundMe being set up. Oh, uh, let's record something. We'll put it at the start of the episode okay. for that. Um, we'll do that after. Anyways, good hood. We are on Lethal. Things are getting hot. Who was looking hot? Okay, good hood. Adam, who's your fashion icon of the episode? It's got to be a Stealth Suit Hrook. Stealth suit rook. Yeah. Okay. Just yeah. Because I one. love Metal Gear Solid so much. Yeah. I'm pine for that yeah. stealth suit. So 
Okay. He made use of it. I'm going with on-cart cosplay, Rook. <laughs> <laughs> on-cart cosplay, Rook. So after Sabine's done with them, I don't know. It may be completely different style face paint. For, for some reason, I had an on-cart flashback. Yeah, that's close. When I looked at his clownish ass. Oh, did you look up on-cart? No, just oh, okay. like I saw yeah. Rook, so. Okay, but yeah, that's mine, though. I just, I, I, dumb of them to let him go, but it's some good face paint. Yeah. He's looking sharp. Okay, so that is your good hood. <laughs> Thank you, Yoda. Thank you, Chewbacca. Yeah, da, da, da. Yeah, da, da, la, la, la. Okay, uh, this is the tagline portion of the episode, and what I used to do is I would predict the next episode of the Clone Wars based off of the uh, the little uh, you know the little thing that they put up, the little motivational, inspirational message that they put up at the start of the, the episode. Moral, the moral of the story. Uh, we don't have that luxury anymore, so I just predict the next episode based off of the episode title. So, Adam, what do we got next? Next episode is entitled Wolves at the Door. Wolves at the Door. I think or Wolves and a Door. Wolves and a Door. I think we're going to head to the Jedi Temple. Might get a weird funky guy showing up. Weird new funky guy with a weird hood. <laughs> um, yeah, I watched them. <laughs> I'm, I'm honest to God. I think it makes sense. It's good that I watch them. Otherwise, can you imagine me watching? Like It would have been so fun. Not for you, but for everyone else. As I'm just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> What's going on here? No, I, I think it's good that I watched it. Um, Okay, so wolves and a door, or the door. Wolves and a door. A door. Okay, so not the door. Plenty of doors on Lethal, so this is just a door. Okay, so that will be our episode next week. Adam, where can the listeners reach us? Send us an email. We are clonecastpod at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at clonecastpod. Mm-hmm. Reach out if you want to join the Discord. We'll send you that link right away. You can join Adam's in. apparently going to post there. I'm going to be there all week this upcoming week. So thank you so much for all the support. Thanks for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thanks for writing in. We love all of our clone Castanovas. We'll see you next week for Wolves and the Door. Um, until then, a door. and a door. Yeah. Until then, may the lumpy pillow be with you. Here, the tragedy of Crispin's day.